4: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Radio.
0: Living the dream once again on a fabulous Sunday. Hartman and Orenberger here in the Fox Sports Radio studios. Man, we are fully entrenched. In these Olympic games right now, I don't know if you know this, Rich, but USA has now become dominant in taekwondo and fencing. We no longer are competitive in basketball. Even our women's gymnastics team has lost some of their dominance early on, but that's okay. Yeah, Those sports have been replaced by gold in taekwondo, gold in fencing. It's a new era for the United States Olympic team.
5: We're trailing China. We're trailing Japan. Yeah, they got more golds than us six, five, and then I think we're at three or four. Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't usually care about the Olympics until, until moments like these where it starts feeling like, like, come on, what's going on? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, why are we in third place right now? You know, is it because we haven't, uh, we haven't been playing the events that we're supposed to shine in, or mm. are we getting? Um, are we getting beat up in uh, some of these events that we're supposed to win handedly? I don't, I don't know. I don't keep up with Olympic sports year round. Like I know some people do. Certainly these athletes do. But, uh, but yeah, you don't want to see your, your country in third.
0: I, I'm watching a uh, sport right now. I'm not quite sure what that is. Do you know what that is that they're playing out there on the big court? Does anyone have a clue what that actual sport is? That I see badminton going oh, on. Oh yeah, that's European handball. European handball. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
5: I think that, yeah. Uh, yeah. They it, got it's the, basically
0: like water polo on a court. On a court, yeah. Right.
5: I used to play that in gym class. I was dominant. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There did were... you have Olympic aspirations at that
4: point? No, no, no. Actually,
5: I will say this, though. This is yeah. a true story. So one time I was in uh, my gym class mm-hmm. and I had an off period the next period. And so we did a whole badminton section, whatever you want to call it. We did like six weeks of badminton and i got so good that there was actually like like a local area coach who came down just to watch me see and or watch me play and he was seeing about talking to people about an olympic team tryout at one point i'm not even kidding this is how ridiculous this got And I don't know how many steps I was away from being an Olympic badminton player. I'm not even sure you call them badminton players. Are they badmintoners? I don't know. Um, But, yeah, I was ferocious on the court with the shuttlecock, let me tell you. It was pretty impressive.
0: Uh, All right. Well, if that's what we're going to be talking about in terms of any resurgence in the United States, as far as the medal count is concerned, we're in big trouble Let's face it, there's a sport called basketball that was actually invented in this country. Yeah, yeah. And when you think about the history of the Olympic Games, it was introduced as an Olympic sport at the Berlin Games in 1936. Amazingly enough, Dr. James Naismith, the inventor of basketball, who, by the way, technically was a Canadian. He was Canadian-born, but he was in Springfield, Mass., when he created the... The original uh, Dr. J. Yes, he was the original (laughs) Dr. J. He actually lived long enough to see the sport he invented as an Olympic sport, which is sort of cool, right? He actually lived long enough to see a sport he invented uh, become an Olympic sport back in 1936. Since that time, of course, the United States has been completely dominant in basketball, and since the hiccup of 2004 where they lost several games and, of course, ended up with just the bronze medal. They had not lost a single Olympic game in basketball, and that changed yesterday when they (sighs) collapsed at the end of their game against of all countries, France, really, France, when a guy named Fournier is putting you away in the fourth quarter, this hot – we've been talking about this. How did you expect – a team in which a fourth of your team literally arrived less than 24 hours before the game. We're talking about Booker, Middleton, and Holiday. By the way, Middleton had no points yesterday. Booker made one shot yesterday. Holiday played well. He he was the one guy that could actually make some shots. But this idea of just sort of throwing a bunch of players on the court and say, USA, let's get it done, guys. It shows you, again, competing against countries, by the way, whose teens have been playing together, getting ready for the Olympic Games, as opposed yeah. to this mishmash of whatever we've See, got going on for USA.
5: I'll tell you, here's the solution. It's time to invent a new sport. So there back there with Dr. Jay Naismith, mm-hmm. when uh, he was like, yeah, you know, peach baskets and these these uh, wool, I believe they played with wool spun balls back then or something crazy. And, uh, yeah, all of a sudden, 1936, it's in the games. I think we should bring, like, maybe beer pong to the Olympics at this point. <laughs> like, you know, that's an American-made game. I'm almost positive. Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just time to, to, to say, okay, basketball, we gave it to the world. Now we hand it over to the world. Let's see who can go toe-to-toe with us on Flip
0: Cup. Uh, 2024, <laughs> the Paris games. break dancing. Yeah. Oh, is yeah. Is now going to be an Olympic sport. So yeah, we better uh, Looking start. Forward to that. I like your idea of creating some new sports because, yeah. as far as basketball is concerned, any dominance we may have had or certainly have had in the sport at the Olympic competitive, level competitive has fallen apart.
5: Cornhole. Okay. Cornhole's
0: another obvious. I played that
5: choice. Uh, uh, after a wedding. I they, they had the couple had a brunch after mm-hmm. the wedding and they had a couple of. Beanbag set up the cornhole tables or whatever you call them the platforms and listen I mean did I feel like an Olympian no I was hung over from the wedding the night before and I was just trying to keep my eyes open but um but I I did uh I did feel like the skill set required to be great um is just really being awake enough to throw beanbags. But having said all of that, there are certain Olympic sports that don't seem like they require a tremendous amount of effort to be Mm. terrific at. There Mm. are certain ones. (laughs) You know what I mean? Not all All of them. Let me ask you this.
0: I want to be a candid about this whole just talking about basketball in the Olympic Games, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember this when we go back to the dream team in 1992, the reason the dream team happened was in 1988. Uh, John Thompson was coaching our Olympic team back when we still had our top collegiate stars competing for the United States. And they just picked a bad team. It was a mad mix of players. And we ended up having to settle for the bronze. And we went into total panicville. I mean, it was like panicville. We can't do that. So we're going to throw our MBAs. The, they they forced the IOC to change the rules to allow NBA stars to be at Barcelona. So yeah. and it was great. It was sort of a novelty to see our superstars blowing out everybody by fifty points a game. And you know how it was. You've seen the documentaries or walking around town, Jordan and Bird and Magic and Barkley and you all the guys. And then came two thousand four, right. where all of a sudden we got NBA players over there, and we were lucky to escape with a bronze medal. So what happened? Bring back Kobe. Come on, Kobe. Save the day for Team USA. And we had not allowed, uh, lost an Olympic game since until yesterday. And by the way, speaking of the uh, Olympics and what's forward for the American team, so they're in a bracket. Yeah, got this little brackets, right? To, you have to merge from your bracket to move on to the medal round. By losing to France, they now have to win their final two games against Iran. I would I hope they can beat Iran. And the Czech Republic, and the Czech Republic has had some decent uh, basketball talent over the years, lose one of those games, and that's it. There's not going to be a medal for the first time in the history of U.S. Olympic basketball. But let me ask you this. Do you do you ever find yourself watching these matchups with our NBA stars almost rooting for the underdog? I mean, we, we tend to root for underdogs, and even though it's Team USA, in some ways with our NBA stars, and I know some of the other countries obviously have NBA players on them as well, but do you ever find yourself almost ever rooting against the United States if they're such a prohibitive favorite and they're expected to do things and you see like no. an underdog country
5: no. come up? Never, You never feel no. that? Ever? No, not not even a little bit.
0: And I think this is
5: because maybe it's because I, I'm a former athlete and, and understand like, I, you know, here's the thing. As an athlete, I was never hoping for
0: like a close game mm-hmm. or an exciting
5: finish. I was hoping to absolutely crush. Mm-hmm. The idiots in front of me, and
0: you did that, like in college at Penn. State. What was the biggest win you ever had at Penn State? Oh, I don't know. I like mean, fifty points, sixty some, points. Sometimes
5: you play against, yeah. you know, a school that no obviously mercy. you just yeah. you you just want like to an serve. Akron yeah. or a Central right. Michigan, and you roll. You know, you yeah. just there's nothing they can do. You didn't feel bad for them. at no, all? No, no. In fact, what <laughs> I wanted to do was I wanted to score so many. I wanted to jam the football so far down their necks that we could actually yeah. be out of the game before halftime. Well, like nice. as a star. Starting offensive right. lineman, mm. if I could kick my feet up and all I had to worry about is maybe getting a sunburn on the sideline. Right. Yeah. Like that was the best feeling ever. Mm. So, never at any point when I'm watching the Olympics am I like, you know what though? I ran. They're due. (laughs) Like, I'm never thinking, like, you know who I really hope gets it done? Yeah. The Czechs. Czech Republic, man. No, no. What I want is complete domination at every turn.
0: All right. So, uh, it's not going to come in these Olympics, at least for Team USA. By the way, just for the record here, Greg Popovich, uh, since taking over as our national coach has now lost five of his last eight games in international competition. Fire
5: him! <laughs>
0: <laughs> Pop, you don't know what you're doing on the international. It's a different game. It is a completely different game nah, I... than what we see in the NBA, which has been a soft league. It's gotten softer and softer and softer. They play a hardcore brand of basketball on the international level. Yeah. And they're just punching Team USA and the chops saying, what are you going to do about
5: it? Well, I, I warned everybody three weeks ago when we first broached this topic and I said the FIBA refs they call the game differently you're mm-hmm. going to see less of these ticky tack fouls outside of three-point arc you're going to see a lot more uh, contact in the lane you're going to see just just defense is going to be tighter off ball on ball it's it's just a different game internationally and there's a lot of games obviously that translate differently when you play on the international scale i mean it's volleyball has its nuances uh basketball we were just talking about there's plenty of them though right and and it really does factor when you're playing a team sport an individual sport like fencing or taekwondo or badminton where it's only badminton singles where it's only you on the court okay or in the ring or in the arena Okay, that's one thing, but when you have to orchestrate this new set of uh, rules in a different environment— uh and and with brand new people who you haven't played with before and some of them like arriving yesterday in the case of team usa yeah it's going to take a little bit to gel so hopefully they pick up the game against iran and the czech republic and they don't get knocked out before being able to medal
0: well barring some uh, miracles something happening in olympics uh today uh, that's pretty much our last mention of it Uh, Here we go. Gold medal count, China 6, Japan 5, USA 4. Total medals, though, USA 10, just trailing China with 11. Hmm. So there you go, right there, as far as the Olympics are concerned. All right, on the other side, the biggest subject we're going to be covering today is the National Football League. And now the training camps are going to be fully opened this week. The league itself is dropping the hammer. Hard on those that refuse to get vaccinated. Just how miserable is the NFL going to make their lives the latest? Coming up next. Steve Harbin and Rich Arnberger on this big Sunday. And it's only bigger knowing that by this time next week, all training camps will be open around the National Football League, which means we're getting to the business that most of you care about, which is NFL football. So the NFL last year, and I still think, Rich, when we look back on the NFL 2020 season, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, we're going to look back, like, how did they do that? I mean, how how is it possible <laughs> when you think about the amount of people? Remember we were talking about this when the NFL season launched as the numbers were spiking with COVID? And how are you going to do this? There's so many more people in the NFL than there are in the NBA or in Major League Baseball, and they're struggling to get through this. How the hell Is the NFL going to navigate an entire season when you have hundreds and hundreds of people, players, coaches, you know, extra staff? How is this going to actually work out? Well, the NFL pulled it off very simply by setting down rules. And unlike the NBA and unlike Major League Baseball, there was no wiggle room. We are not going to compromise these rules in any way. It all started week one. When a few of the coaches are fined hundred thousand dollars each for not properly wearing their masks. and by the way, if you're not going to use rules to
5: enforce the behavior you're looking for, mm-hmm. then what's the point of having the rules in place in the first place? so I like when Major League Baseball dropped the hammer down and they had this seventy eight page mm-hmm. you know memorandum sent across the league to its thirty ball clubs. And part of it was, we're not going to allow celebrations at home play. Then the players aren't going to be allowed in the dugouts. They're going to be in the stands because there aren't going to be
0: fans in any Did of these. Did we see any of that? Ball-ball. Remember the very first game, what was it? The A's, a- Angels ended up with a walk-off home run. Everybody celebrated at home play. Right. By the way, within a week,
5: everybody was back in the dugout together. Right. They and had then none the of that social distancing. So nobody got fined. So nobody right. listened to the rules. And that's the way it ended up being. And which, by the way... Who knows, with the rules, without the rules, if the if the outcomes would have been different. But the point is, like, if you draw lines on a field and you say, okay, these are the boundaries, and then when players step out of bounds, you don't blow the whistle and stop the action, well, then players will just continue to step out of bounds. That's- and
0: that's what happened. The NFL looked at what happened to Major League Baseball and the NBA, and they said, it's not going to happen to us. We can't let it happen to us. We have too much money involved here, money, money, money. And we're going to make this happen. So right. they dropped the hammer. Of course, had the well-documented situation with the Broncos when they wiped out their entire quarterback staff and had to pull a wide receiver off their practice squad to start an NFL game. And they said, well, we don't care. We, we don't care. Well, guess what? As powerful as the league was a year ago, that power has gone up tenfold this year. They have a new collective bargaining agreement in place for the next 10 years. The new TV deals are done in which they had a 100% increase in money flowing in. So there's even more at stake right now. And for any of these players that think that somehow they've got some kind of leverage against the league Good luck. I mean, the DeAndre Hopkins comment this week where, you know, wow, I might have to retire. Uh, And they're like, okay. Which, (laughs) by the way, that tweet was deleted immediately. Immediately. And then he put up another tweet, I got nine more years left in me. Okay, so he's like, look, there is no leverage (sighs) here. And each day the NFL is coming up with new ways to make it clear that if you do not get vaccinated – we are going to make your life miserable oh yeah and and listen the coaching staff the all the staff the front
5: offices and all these teams because they're not unionized they they have to listen to the owners bidding the owners said under no circumstances are we going to have any of our staff unvaccinated and so guess what this broke on friday mm-hmm. rick dennison the vikings offensive line coach yeah. and run game coordinator is out
0: of the league for refusing the vaccination. And by the way, you brought up the great point. Coaches don't have a union. They don't. I mean, what's his argument? Even if you were to file a lawsuit against the Vikings, their answer is simple. He yep. just didn't get the job done. We, we yep. decided to go in a different direction. You can't prove anything. We just decided, you know what? No, no, no. Listen. It That's does, it. 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 He does has happen. no recourse. No, no. Listen. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter
5: because an employer is allowed to do this. Yes, they are. There is no legality here. If they say, look, we want our employees, especially non-union employees, where they don't need to go to the negotiation table and figure out if it's okay for your side if we impose this new rule. You want to work in the league? That's great. We want you here. Mm -hmm. But you're going to be vaccinated. Oh, what's that? Mm -hmm. Look, come again. Oh, you don't want to get it? Do you have a medical exemption? No. Do you have religious beliefs that forbid you from it? No? Then get the hell out of here! <laughs> and and that nobody can go to them. By the way, go, Rick Dennison or anybody under these circumstances, go try to sue the NFL. You don't think they have lobbyists helping write the You law? have no chance. No chance. So no here's chance. the deal. Here's the deal. The players do have a union. The players are the product. The players are the reason why people show up and fill these 70,000-seat stadiums. So you do have a little bit of a pickle you're in if you're the NFL. And you're trying to either A, scare players into getting vaccinated, or B, Incentivize players into getting vaccinated. And what the NFL has done so far is used fear. We're gonna take money away, f- mm-hmm. away from you. Yeah. We're gonna take, we're gonna make life difficult for teams who are under the vaccination rate that we proposed as our target. Uh and if you guys don't overall don't, and I'm talking about the, the large swath of you get vaccinated, life's gonna be tough this season. I can promise you that.
0: All right, so we're doing a little math during the break here. Like, how many players around the NFL? they're going to be in these training camps, are not vaccinated. Well, let's put it this way. Let's say you have each team will just do use a round number, 100 players are in their training camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's just use a round number. 100 players are showing up in each of these 32 NFL training camps. So Right now, we're talking about an overall percentage of players that are vaccinated at under 80%. Well under eighty percent, actually, at this point. I'll give you all the stats. I'm, I'm, I'm liking a bunch of tweets. I'll give you all the stats in right. a second. All right. So basically, what we're talking about is if you had a hundred times thirty-two. All right. Anyone want to do the math? Let's uh, sweat. Three thousand two hundred. Thirty-two hundred. Yeah. Okay. So you have thirty-two hundred players in these camps. It is very conceivable as many as a thousand. At least a thousand of these players. Are not fully vaccinated. That's a lot of players. And by the way, as soon as training camps open, there's no hiding the fact of whether you're vaccinated or not. The Super Bowl champion Buccaneers say they're using red wristbands for the vaccinated players, yellow for the unvaccinated. Apparently, a lot of uh, the Steelers are already using the yellow for the unvaccinated. That seems to be the uh the the, the color of choice. So yeah, <laughs> there's no hiding. Once you show up at training camp, you will clearly be defined vaccinated, unvaccinated. There's no hiding, there's no privacy. You say, Well, I don't have to make it public. You will in the NFL. I
5: remember back during the, the years where Lance was winning all the Tour de France. Yes. Uh, the yellow wristband was, yes. a <laughs> yes. was a show of support. It's a show of support for uh, testicular Live cancer. Strong. Live, Live strong. strong. That's right. Yes. Live strong. Live now strong. it's very different connotation. Mm-hmm. All right. How about this from right, Give me Batista. some numbers. I love numbers. All right. Uh, so 80% of all NFL players have begun the vaccination process. Only five teams have less than 70% of their players vaccinated. For okay. all the resistance we read from the play, Players, nine teams are at ninety percent or more of its players I've vaccinated. Heard that. Okay. Given the context of the rest of the country, that's actually really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um with players starting to report to training camps, there's progress on vaccines. More than 78% of the players league wide uh have had at least one vaccine, meaning either they started the dose with the two-dose or got the J and J, and 14 teams. <laughs> have at least 85% of its players vaccinated which that is the threshold. So close to half the league has the has passed the 85% threshold. Here's the other trick though, Steve. Yes. Here's the other trick. You have training camp, you have expanded rosters. Who are the players who have the least leverage in the league? It is the bottom of the roster. Correct. So I mean, if we're going to number them, you know, Mm -hmm. say the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, assuming he reports for camp, or let's use a player who will report for camp. Well, and let's just back up for a second here,
0: because basically we go into training camp when we talk about a 53-man roster. Realistically, with each team, you have maybe four or five slots that are up for grabs.
5: So Tom Brady is is number one on your 53. Right. He's number one on your 90-man roster. Correct. Then you get past 53, there's about 40 other players who mm-hmm. are vying for those last few slots on right. the roster. Do you think any of them are unvaccinated? <laughs> well, the answer is most likely
0: not. not. Because yes.
5: you're trying to win a job, you're trying not to make life hard for the franchise that you're trying to win a job at. Yeah, so, you don't want
0: to make it easy for them to make a decision right. to get rid of you.
5: So unless you have some sort of medical <laughs> condition, forbidding it or a religious exemption, what's going to happen is there will be massive cuts, like we there always is at the end of the preseason and if you lose the line share potentially of your vaccinated players potentially your percentage of vaccinated players will drop with those cuts so all of a sudden you had you know, a 90% vaccination rate during training camp because he had 90 people on the roster and the majority of the bottom half of the roster got vaccinated. And then on the other side, maybe you're back down to 60% because a lot of the guys
0: with leverage in the room, maybe they refused. By the way, just for the record, NFL minimum salary now is at 660000 Is that a little more than when you first came into the league? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's minimum salary. So when we talk about, I just saw a statistic here around the country we're at a little under fifty percent. Yeah, a little under. It's like uh, one hundred and sixty-two million. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So we're a little under fifty percent right now vaccinated. But if what was on the line was a job that would pay you a minimum of six hundred and sixty thousand dollars, my guess is that number would be raised significantly. Yeah, which is why. We're trending in this direction with the NFL. So not only is there, as you say, for those people that are just going to make the cut, the difference between a minimum salary of 660000 or zero, yeah, you're going to do whatever it takes to get to that level threshold yeah, where you give your opportunity if you were just signed paycheck. by this
5: team as a fourth rounder or yeah. an undrafted free agent fourth rounder a blow or an undrafted yeah. free agent mm. and you go yeah you know what i'm going to pass on the vaccine they'll be like all right you're gone we <laughs> yeah. just don't think you could hack
0: it at this level pal let's find another job where you come come out of college and make six hundred and sixty thousand dollars it's There's just, not a lot of listen, jobs like that, and and I know an we got to get to
5: Ralphie yeah. on the the updates here. But the last thing I'll say about this is anybody who is out there thinking that this is some some really uh, heavy push from the NFL to do the right thing and to toe the line for the American health. This is about money. The more vaccinated players you have, per the science, the less chance of an outbreak you'll have during the season to upend your opportunity to collect gate, uh, having people fill your stadiums, or to have games not have to be rescheduled. Or, you know, and also... Not have to test players as much. Do you have any idea how much money the NFL, something like a quarter of a billion dollars they spent on testing last year. The less tests you have to buy, the less money you have to spend, the more money you profit from playing football.
0: All right, we'll get much more on the NFL. The latest on the Aaron Rodgers situation is getting more interesting by the day. But first, let's find out what's trending right now. We do welcome in Mr. Ralph Irvin. Ralphie, how are you today? I am doing great, feeling
6: Olympic today. Yeah. Watching the handball going on right now. Team handball is always a joy. Mm -hmm. Spirited. Spirited match on the court, I think. I see equestrian going on right now. We have equestrian. It's being anchored on NBC Sports by my good friend, Damon uh, Hacks. Day one qualifiers. We'll see if the Americans can do it. Well, we did see four Americans do it uh, today. Uh, Chase Kalish winning the gold in the 400-meter individual medley in the pool. Anastasia Zolotich, Taekwondo, featherweight division. She wins the gold. Lee Kiefer wins the first-ever American fencing gold. She takes the women's foil. And William Shainer, 20-year-old from Colorado Springs, takes the men's 10-meter air rifle competition. So four golds already, 10 overall medals. That you mentioned it, Steve. Second to China, who has six gold and 11 overall. Not so great with basketball. France, an 83-76 winner over Team USA. Greg Popovich has lost five of his last nine contests. In fact, he's lost two to France. So, Yeah. Not good when uh, you're out coached like that. Uh, Major League Baseball, plenty of action going on right now. Seven games this morning. Michael Franco's just gone yard for Baltimore in the second inning. They have a 2 1 lead over the Washington Nationals. Yankees and Boston scoreless in the second, as are the Blue Jays and the Mets. Cleveland is tied with Tampa Bay, locked at one, still in the first inning. Atlanta and Philadelphia scoreless in the second. Joey Votto, a three-run home run, gives Cincinnati a 3-2 lead over St. Louis. They're in the second inning, still scoreless. The Padres and the Marlins, they are locked at zero. And back to the Olympics real quick, some unfortunate news for golf. Bryson DeChambeau of the USA tests positive for COVID-19. He's going to be replaced in the tournament by the, mas- the former Masters champion Patrick Reed. John Rahm, the U.S. Open champion who tested positive for COVID-19 in June, test positive again he will not be there and they will not be replaced by anyone on that Spanish roster hold hold on hold on here Yes. So,
0: John Rahm, remember he was at the Memorial. He had that huge league going into mm-hmm. the final yep. round. After the third round, he gets pulled off and said, you've been DQ'd because you tested positive. Correct. He recovers in time to not only participate, but win the U.S. Open. Correct. He also had a top five finish in the Open Championship. Yes. And now as he heads to the Olympics, he tests positive again.
6: Mm-hmm. Interesting okay. timing. And now you know why the NFL wants to vaccinate.
0: <laughs> okay, so all right. So and I and I take it he's been vaccinated.
6: He had, no, I have no he, idea. He had said going into the U.S. Open that he had been partially vaccinated at the time that he tested positive, and that, then he was fully vaccinated thereafter. All right, that's what he had been said. Don't know, <sighs> but when you you know hear the studies of antibodies should make you so you don't test positive. Well, obviously that's not the case.
0: All right, well, thank you very much, Ralph. Yep. Interesting update there on the golf front. Uh Steve Harbin and Rich Orenberger, we're we're talking a little NFL right now, and we have a new development, a couple of new developments on the Aaron Rodgers front. A is that Aaron Rodgers' pre-training camp preparations are on schedule. In other words, everything he is normally doing prior to the started training camp, he is doing the same routine. Sure. So if you're looking out as I mean, had he checked out? No, he hasn't checked out. He's doing all the physical activities he normally does leading up to the start of training camp. So options are open there. There's also a report out that Aaron Rodgers is – we always talk about money talks. Money talks when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. And that he is seeking a deal in which, one, he will be paid the same amount of money as Patrick Mahomes. $45 Forty-five million per year for 2021 and 22, fully guaranteed. Fully guaranteed, ninety million dollars, fully guaranteed. Now, what would this do to the Green Bay Packers? Well, it would absolutely slaughter them in terms of the cap, even though the cap has gone up by paying that kind of money to Aaron Rodgers, preventing the Packers, by the way, of bringing in the additional talent that he so so often talks about that he wants. That would be off the board if they were to pay him that kind of money, $45 million. It also is a deal in which he wants to be prevented from being traded at all. In other words, I am going to be locked in for the next two years. It would also, obviously, barring an injury, keep Jordan Loves anchored to the bench uh if you got Rogers for the next two years. We also had this rich where he uh put out, along with Devontae Adams, that whole Last dance thing, yeah. The Jordan Pippen, so people were like saying, Okay, that could mean three things. Yeah, it could mean that they're going to look at 2021 as their last dance together. That indeed, Aaron Rodgers will be back, but he'll be gone after the season, as will Adams, or it could mean they've already had their last dance. There was even wild speculation last week that. Aaron Rodgers was going to announce his immediate retirement. In fact, they pulled the Packers' over unders as far as wins in 2021 off the board. Because it was some brief speculation he might announce his immediate retirement. The third option on the last dance was they were throwing it out at the general manager. Yeah, listen, as listen. like you've had your last
5: dance. Here, here's the deal.
0: So what? Here's what do deal. we make of all of this?
5: The, uh, look, Aaron, for uh, again, hasn't spoken out about publicly about exactly what he wants done in Green Bay. Right. Um, but here's what I think we can certainly ascertain: He doesn't want to play for this team, and you could argue, all right. Well, it's uh, it's because he he thinks this general manager doesn't know what he's doing because he was upset about drafting Jordan Love instead of getting him help, or maybe he has some problem with Matt Lafleur and his play calling, especially during close moments, mm. or the general direction the team has gone. Uh, with this new management or the lack of his ability to um, cast opinions on how things should be done after spending nearly two decades in Green Bay, whereas the two guys he has to directly report to, technically, his head coach and his general manager, have just arrived on the scene less than five years ago. All of those things, or one of those things in particular, could be sticking in his craw, but I think it's just a collection of discontent. Over how he's been handled and he wants out. And I think, again, we're not talking about Tom Brady, where I do truly believe, and this is both from having watched his career and playing with him for a short stint three years during my own professional career in New England. I think winning takes precedent over just about anything, including his own comfort
0: or feelings. And that's. And by the way, he was let go by the Patriots. Well, I mean, yeah. they, I mean, it wasn't like he was under contract. The Patriots had basically indicated well, he was a free agent, he, and they didn't want to pay him, and they didn't make any yeah. effort to keep him.
5: Well, and and you know, and Belichick tried his hardest to defend some of the decision making with the roster just mm. a season ago, saying, "We're in salary cap hell. That's what happens when you win
0: Super Bowls Correct. as much as we did." Mm-hmm.
5: And so maybe there is some truth to that. They've obviously opened
0: up some cap. But they space. made no serious effort to keep Tom Brady.
5: No, and they probably have could have. But let's also be very honest with each other. Tom has a very different way to handle Mm -hmm. these issues publicly. A lot of it stays close to the vest. He's not going to embarrass a team or an owner or a coach publicly, especially after having the success he's had. Aaron Rodgers has worked with multiple different faces in this organization over the course of his career. Aaron Rodgers' allegiance to, it's not like Tom and Bill where they had a 20-year run and like any marriage mm-hmm. had their ups and downs, but ultimately a lot more ups than downs And one owner. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has had to answer to a lot of different piece, play, people in places of power above him, and he's tired of doing it. And I don't blame him because if you Let look me ask at, you this. hang on, Let, common yeah. denominators in Green Bay, who's the most successful person who's ever worn a jersey or, or worked for the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers' name is on a very short
0: list. All right, but let me ask you this. So now, who's answering does, to who? Does he look at what Tom Brady did in Tampa? And remember this. Tom Brady was joining a team whose previous quarterback, Jamin, Jameis Winston, despite all the interceptions – Led the NFL in passing yards. Yeah. This was a prolific passing offense led by a coach who knows passing offense and has guided in the NFL for many years in Bruce Arians. Sure. And with a plethora of talent at the wide receiver position, only added when they were able to talk Gronk out of retirement and a few other pieces. Does Aaron Rodgers look at the situation in Tampa with Tom Brady saying, that's me. I could join a team. No. And and that I will immediately do with that team what Tom Brady did in Tampa because if he's under that impression, he's delusional. No, no, no. no. Because he's not gonna do that in Denver. He's not gonna do that with the Raiders.
5: Everybody makes this comparison and and it's not a good it's not an
0: apt comparison. It's not a matter of comparison. Is that what you think the mindset is of Aaron Rodgers, why he wants out? Because you know he has a much better chance to get to the Super Bowl in Green Bay right now. Than the other options that are out there. It's not about money.
5: It's about what the money says about the player. It's not about. It's not about having Does all he the want decision to win? making Seriously, power. Do you think he it's cares about, about winning? I, I, listen, at this point in his career, I think again. I I've been saying this. I've been consistent the entire. This is all speculation, folks. By the way, but I've been saying this from the beginning of this whole conversation. Aaron Rodgers will retire before he plays for Green Bay this upcoming season because I think he's just that principled of a person. I think he wants out of Green Bay. I, I like don't get me wrong. I, I I think he would have stayed if they paid him some astronomical amount of money because with that comes some respect.
0: It, look, what that, happens if he takes the money? What would you think of Aaron Rodgers if they suddenly decide, fine, here's your two years guaranteed, ninety million dollars. Now you're being paid with Patrick Mahomes. He says, "Great, I'm back." What would you say about Aaron Rodgers? I would say if his if
5: his goal was to seek respect, money talks. Okay, this is a business first people. But you
0: just said yes. it's not about the money; it's about it's the about
5: respect. respect. It's about what the money says. It's about what the money says. When the guy who walks into the room who's making Tom six Brady million dollars from a co- Tom Brady, hang need on. That? When a guy walks into a room who's making six or ten million dollars a year from a company, versus the guy who just walked in the door yesterday who's hand in the mail. I mean, who who is going to command more respect in the room? It's going to be the guy who compa- commands the highest salary. That's the reason why Aaron Rodgers is putting up this fight is because he doesn't feel he feels slighted. He feels disrespected, and he's standing on those principles.
0: All right, so that's where we're at, the latest on Aaron Rodgers. And obviously with camp opening in Green Bay in just a matter of days, and remember, you don't show up. You get fined, potentially in his case, he if he misses all the camp, we're talking about $2 million in fines for Aaron Rodgers, which is a drop in the ocean for him. But still, uh, I think we're going to find out very shortly whether Aaron Rodgers is going to show up or not. All right, more NFL news out there. Some of these players that have made it public that they have no intention to get vaccinated suddenly are backtracking quick. Why? You're going to find out coming up next. Steve Harbin and Rich Orenberger. It really seems weird that we are sitting here in July of 2021, and by watching these empty venues for the Olympics, we're reminded that something that we thought was done with, like 2020s in the past, and we were all moving forward in 2021 and, and moving beyond this pandemic, that it's it's still going on full force right now. Uh, We're here in the L.A. County area where masks are required, again. There's also talk, by the way, about full venues, meaning NFL stadiums in California, in some way being compromised. So now that mask wearing is mandatory in Los Angeles County indoors, there also are restrictions that are going to be put in place for large Outdoor gatherings. Well, the last time I checked, the Rams and the Chargers in a $5 billion stadium that Stan Kroenke paid for out of his own pocket with zero fans a year ago. We're fully hoping to pack that place with 70000 plus this year. Can you imagine... If the L.A. County says, "Well, Stan, we're we're just not in a position like that," Stan, I tell you what, Stan, Stan, you know what, Stan, the mayor. Here, here's what we're going to do: we're going to let you, to we're going to get you like 25 percent capacity. And he goes, "Are you freaking nuts? There is no way we've sold the ticket." Stan, man, you saw we got to wear the mask here in L.A. County. You know, sorry, twenty five percent capacity. It might change. Maybe it won't change. I mean, the fact that we're still talking about this and all these local jurisdictions still have the power to make the decision ultimately about mask wearing or how many people can gather for a major outdoor event, this could be a nightmare if you're the Rams and chargers when the rest of the NFL is like laughing at you saying, I don't know what you got on in LA, man, but we are full blast I as talking far as to these full
5: stadiums recently who works in, uh, promotions for like a, a large, um, large events promoter. Let's just basically stop there. I don't want yeah. to say the name of the company, but, uh, they were talking about how everything's exploding now, like through the month of August, they're going to be so slammed with events it's going to be insane. And this is in Southern California. Yeah. But there is some real fear and hesitancy to book things far out because things, the landscape is still treacherous and slippery and you don't know and you don't want to, you know, commit because you don't want to be out the money again. So look, I don't know what the, I got no crystal ball, neither do you. We don't know where this is heading. But I mean, certainly you hope for good health amongst the public, but also, For access to these events.
0: All right, NBA season in the books. Is Giannis now the face of the NBA? We'll discuss coming up next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our
4: shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: It is a Sunday in which the Olympics are in full force right now. It is a Sunday before the full opening of training camps around the National Football League. We also have some major college football news. We're gonna to get to a little bit later on in the show. Major League Baseball, obviously. We're at the hundred game mark. We're down the remember last year we had a sixty-game season? Well, guess what? Right now we got about a sixty-game season. So think about a year ago at this time is about the time. When Major League Baseball season started, and it was right at the end of July, and he had a sixty-game season. Well, that's where we're at as far as Major League Baseball is concerned. But we haven't put a wrap on the NBA. Uh, after the Milwaukee Bucks were crowned champions for the first time in 50 years. Rich, of course, you uh, said it was a foregone conclusion, the Phoenix Suns, because they played in the Western Conference, were having no problem with the Milwaukee Bucks. What they didn't count on was a fully healthy, apparently, Giannis Antetokounmpo, after that hyperextended knee that we thought, even if he tries to come back, he's not going to be 100%. Well, he was more than a hundred percent, and he capped it off with a historic performance in Game Six, fifty points. As that silly city celebrated. And by the way, I, I wanted to start by this this one thing about the finals, and we'll get into his role and where we are with the NBA. When they had that aerial shot outside of the arena, Game Six in Milwaukee, and they had sixty sixty five thousand oh, yeah. people. There were a couple of thoughts that came to mind, like, boy, I hope you don't have to go to the bathroom. It's sort of like Times Square. They always tell you, like, if you go to Times Eve, you do not want to be there. Like, you're never going to get out of that group. There's no way. So you better take care of some some people just, you know, take care of business on their own or on themselves, whatever. I was thinking the same thing with all those people. Throwing
5: a catheter.
0: But I also thought this, you know, even though the rest of the country outside of Milwaukee and Phoenix really didn't have a whole lot of interest in these NBA Finals, it obviously mattered in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Oh, big time. It big really time. mattered in Wisconsin, was Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It would have mattered in Phoenix if the Suns had had a Game 7. I'm sure they would have seen similar crowds in Phoenix. But I, I felt for those people there. Just a reminder again, we really don't care what everybody else thinks about these NBA finals. Here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, this means everything to us. And I was excited for those people at Milwaukee that not only were they able to gather but actually get to celebrate that night.
5: Sports are a sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Sports, when I grew up, were my personal sanctuary. Yes. All right? It didn't matter what was going on in my life from a personal standpoint outside of sport. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't matter what was going on in school or politically or from any standpoint from a societal view, because for three hours or whatever it took for practice or during a game, the only thing that mattered is focusing on your next step, whatever it was, you know, this next at bat, you know, this next possession, this next whatever sport you're playing, whatever action you were focused on was the only thing in the world that mattered. Yeah. And for fans, I know that a lot of fans get sucked into sports in the same way that I did as an athlete. And maybe those who did play and then, you know, reached a certain level and then tapped out or couldn't continue playing or for whatever reason it was and, you know, devoted themselves to a fan base following a team like the Milwaukee Bucks or whatever team it is that you're particularly interested in, it serves as a sanctuary. And during a time like we have now in our country, right, where politically it's never felt more divisive. You know, from a a health standpoint, we've all undergone one of the strangest years and potentially dangerous years that we all have as a public society have ever experienced. To be able to just get lost in a moment again, to just sort of feel like nothing else matters more than this. To me, that's when sports are at their best. And so I envy the people of Milwaukee. Oh. I am because I haven't felt that feeling in a long time, mm-hmm. and I remember that was the reason why I became interested in sports. Look, I, you know, I mean, football in particular. I, I was, an, I was nuts. You know, I was a kid who was impulsive and kind of crazy, and just needed an outlet to burn up some energy. And football found me. You know what I mean? And and it served as a three-hour break from whatever other nonsense was going on in my life. For me to just focus on something that I was truly interested in and fascinated by. And it guided me as a human being. And I think those, those same principles exist in fan bases. And, and certainly we saw that outpouring of interest in this finals from, from the, not just the city of Milwaukee, but the, from the state of Wisconsin.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, it was a reminder again, and going back to the Cubs winning the series first time in 108 oh, yeah. years and Chicago celebrating, or we go back to Cleveland with the Cavaliers finally winning a championship with LeBron, their celebration, here in Los Angeles, you feel bad for the city of LA and Dodger fans and Laker fans. Dodgers win the World Series for the first time in 32 years last year. No parade. No. Lakers win the championship for the first time in 10 years. No parade. I was there for the Laker parades in 09 and 10. They were out of this world. I was there where the LA Kings had parades when they won the Stanley Cup. I mean it's it's that kind of celebration that you only get in the sports world. Or like when well, you get a whole city together with millions of people gathering to celebrate. All right, so now the oh, question yeah, but yeah. hang
5: on, going back to what you said though about my uh my thought process on on the Phoenix Suns Running the table, winning the finals. Well, he Man- insists
0: it because they're in the Western Conference.
5: Yeah, and and here, here, and I I'm, look. I'm not going to defend the fact that I thought the Western Conference was the better conference all season long. I still feel that way. I mean, if you look player to player across the the West, or position group to position group across the West, I think those position groups are far deeper. I think this was a really bizarre. Uh, playoff, I think, and I think a lot of people would agree. The number of injuries we saw, the way stars were taken away from their teams for different stretches of time. But the
0: two teams that ended up in the finals were healthy, and
5: they deserved to be there because surviving that war of attrition right. was insane. Right, but they were
0: both. Healthy, but in the end, the better team won. Oh, th- well, well, I here's the thing when you talk about Giannis and Middleton and Drew Holiday is, versus
5: what the team whose star, Paul Booker and Ayton, this the the team whose star shined the brightest one, right? And and there's no question it took a Herculean effort from Giannis, yeah. to win that final, and that's what it required, and that's what he delivered. On, on the biggest stage in his life, Giannis actually improved his game during a finals series. It is rare to say, like, wow, this player is incomplete in this facet. And all of a sudden, he got better. Uh, free throws, okay? Like, Giannis is not a good free throw shooter. Wasn't gotten, that last game. He, he's gotten better. Yeah. But he showed up for game six, and the, the plan was very clear for the Suns, especially in the second half play keep away, get a lead, try to play keep away. Keep them away from the Bucks, away from their transition offense because they're dangerous when they run the floor. And try your hardest when they do get the ball in their hand because they're going to try to highlight Giannis, foul him. If we're going to lose, it's going to be because Giannis made all of his three free throws. And guess what? He did.
0: Well, not only did he do it on the offensive end, he had five blocks in that game. Oh, he was. And again, so we're talking about, I mean, he had that one sequence where he made a miraculous block at one end and then came down the other end and scored. Um, So now we move forward with the NBA. Most people are of the mindset that this whole season was an aberration. Like it, it they jammed a season down their throat. They forced these star players to play more games than they wanted. All kinds of injuries. If you think about the Lakers, the defending champions, Anthony Davis was not healthy from the get-go. Yep, He hadn't recovered from the first deep playoff run of his career. He showed up less than 100%, and it only got worse. Uh, LeBron tried to hang in there. He couldn't hang. Uh, Kevin Durant. So a lot of people are saying, look, next year, order will be restored. The three biggest stars in the league are not Giannis. It's LeBron, it's KD, and it's Steph Curry. And when Steph Curry gets Klay Thompson back, and maybe they're going to make a deal. There's a lot of talk about the Warriors making a deal right now. But those will be the three teams. Milwaukee will be an afterthought. But I'm not so sure because you have Giannis, you've got Middleton, and you got Drew Holiday, and they're all under lock and key. And then they added pieces. They had Portis. You know, they've added some pieces. So that team is going to be back. And I'm just not so sure that we can count on at this point of their careers, is Kevin Durant going to be healthy for an entire season? How's that going to work over a full season with James Harden and Kyrie? The Lakers. We're in all kinds of rumors right now. Oh, the Lakers are going after Russell Westbrook. Really? Chris Paul? Really? They need shooters. Yeah. They don't need yeah. a point guard. Well, well, what they well, need is some guys that can actually down. knock down some shots. I, I, and how I much gas is left I, in LeBron going into his 19th season? I
5: don't disagree with that, but I also think they need a competent ball handler. I think one of the biggest problems for the Lakers is that they made LeBron James their point guard.
0: Yes, he's been that for two
5: years. Yeah, I don't think he should be a point guard. So I think it's actually smart if they can get the The right guy to fit their scheme and the right guy to fit the personality. Would you want Lonzo Ball back? No, no, I would. He'll play defense. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean. I look. He's I mean, been Russell better. Westbrook does not he, make any sense. He's changed his shot. Some it comes off a little bit quicker. But
0: I. I mean, look. DeMar DeRozan supposedly said he'll take less money to be a Laker. Yeah, I mean, he look, grew up in L. A. He's an L. A. kid, and
5: that's what LeBron, the LeBron effect, is. Now the question becomes if we get back to the NBA play in the regular season. And these stars are healthy again and the Bucks fade into the third or the fourth place in their conference because yeah. the Nets surge and and maybe the Hawks become something real or an upstart nick. I mean, can Giannis draw uh, from this pool of stars, another piece. Do they have the caps Does he piece? need another piece? I mean, I'm saying at some point we have to say, was it was it an aberration? We won't have that answer until the regular season tips off next season.
0: I think they have three legitimate all stars on that team, and that's what every team is looking for: three all stars. They got it, and yeah. they won a champ. It just it we'll seems see. it seems to make sense to me because let's go back to the Warriors. You know, when the Warriors won their first championship, everyone's like, "Where did that come from?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, well, was that an aberration or wasn't? The next year they won 73 games. Well, here's the thing about the Warriors. And, that and was this is pre-KD, th- by the th- way.
5: This is okay to believe a team is an aberration or just a one and done as far as a championship I think Milwaukee's going to be way like better a, next like, year. Like a Toronto, for example. Yeah. They lose a star. Or they, they lost
0: their star. Yeah.
5: My point is, though.
0: Milwaukee's if, not losing any stars.
5: If you have a situation where a team – uh, during a playoff with as many injuries as we've seen, rises to the top and wins that, that final, I'm not taking it away from them. They deserve to be 2021 NBA champions, the Milwaukee Bucks do. But is it repeatable? We speak about teams in terms of dynasties. After you win one, all right, well, that was last year. Could you do it again? You know that's that that is the threshold that we as the gatekeepers of sport, I'm talking about all fans uh, who aren't like personally invested in the Milwaukee Bucks. The question is, can they do it again? And I think it's a fair question and a lot of teams can't.
0: all right. So we're early on as far as the off season as the NBA. But in Major League Baseball, the countdown continues. The trade deadline is going to be Saturday. Why haven't we heard more trade activity around Major League Baseball? What's going on right now? Because there's a lot of teams that are looking for a little extra in their playoff push. We'll give you a full update coming up next. Steve Harbin and Rich Ornberger. All right, Ryan came in, our brilliant producer, to clarify the trade deadline because I always think it's July 31st, which would be Saturday. But he said, because it's a Saturday, no, it's going to end Friday the 30th. All right, so we got one week to go in Major League Baseball's trade deadline, and we have seen next to nothing. I mean, just a couple of minor trades, And when you look at all the contenders out there, what are they all looking for at this point of the season? Well, they're looking for pitching depth because all teams are using their bullpens to the level that we've never seen in the history of Major League Baseball. And it just makes sense, especially think about this, Rich. You went from a 162-game schedule to a 60-game schedule back to 162 games. So let's say your top starting pitchers went from – starting 32 games to 12, and now back to 32 games. Oh, yeah. So that's going to be an adjustment. So not only are you looking at the innings that your bullpen is putting out there, which for some teams is close to 50% of all their innings, you're also looking at starting pitchers having to readjust after essentially you're off from their normal 30 to 33-game start workload down to 12 mm. and then back to 32 games. So they're going to keep an eye on their pitchers, plus all the other things pitchers are going through right now with the lack of the sticky stuff. So you would think at this point, you're like, there are going to be so many, whatever pitchers are available out there, there's going to be a just a stampede of trade activity to get one of those pitchers, especially pitchers that could give you innings. And yet here we are, less than a week away from the trade deadline, and even though we always hear noise and there's a lot of people that cover major league baseball. That's what they do is create noise because people want to know what, well, give me the trade rumors, what's going on out there. We've been hearing a lot of noise, but there's been very little activity. And part of it is, I think there's still teams with less than a week to go on the trade deadline. that just haven't made up their mind yet. Are we buyers or are we sellers? And mainly out of the NL East, the Mets are sitting there still in first place Four games over the Braves and Phillies. By the way, those two teams have records below 500. The Nationals are seven games out, seven games below 500, and they have potentially some interesting pieces to offer should they become sellers. So I think what's happening right now is a lot of these GMs are sort of sitting back because they don't want to pull the trigger too early no. on a deal and then find out later you mean he was available? So, they're just going to wait till the last second to see exactly who is out on the market. My guess is by Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're going to just see all kinds of names being traded around.
5: Well, we've seen early trades, obviously. There's always some. None of them have really, like, no. blown our doors off yet. But, nope. like you said, there's no reason to just yet to move that kind of product. Mm. I mean, and that's what you're looking at your players as if you're a general manager, especially around the deadline. Yeah. They got families and yeah, they got lives and Mm. yeah, they got their whole personality and you may like the guy, but at the end of the day, you're, you're an asset. You are on a ledger sheet. Mm -hmm. How can you help me here versus how I can benefit from sending you elsewhere? Can I get more in return for our future? If I send you You know X, Y, or Z player to a different market for either younger players who could help us in our farm system, who may you know matriculate upward and and impact this team in a positive way because this season's over. Or are we going to start going on a run here where you make those decisions a little more difficult for me? I I promise you, general managers are doing a careful balancing act at this point, looking very carefully at their division at the rest of the league they play in, at their number of wins and losses, at their playoff percentages, and they're making a decision whether to go all-in or to pack up the truck and go all-in in a future year. And some of that comes down to what's best for the team, but some of it comes down to what's best for the individual. And general managers, just like anybody else in this country, are protecting their jobs first. What's the best thing for me personally so that I can survive another year as a general manager in Major League Baseball? And sometimes it's an unpopular decision for your fan base, but it may be the correct pitch to uh, send upstream to your ownership. And and <laughs> trust me, it's a, it's a dog-eat-dog business. It's a cutthroat business. I've been... I I did it for six years in the NFL, Mm -hmm. and you see certain decisions that don't even appear to make very much sense at all to you Mm -hmm. uh, if you're trying to go out and win football games or baseball games in the case of the MLB trade
0: deadline, yeah. but them's the breaks. Well, and of course, your uh, very infamous, long, extended conversation with Bill Belichick when they decided (laughs) to move on from the Rich Ornberger era to a new era for Patriot uh, football, and and as you've met, told me many times, even though it's the last time you ever spoken to the man, uh, it was a constructive conversation. Oh, yeah. I think he learned a lot. <laughs>
6: <laughs> by the way,
0: speaking of baseball, and by the way, next hour, uh, John Paul Morosi is going to be joining us. He'll give us the latest. Uh, if there are any rumors out there or any trades imminent, uh, JP will definitely have them. Uh, a couple of things about the Angels. The Angels are a team going nowhere, but we predicted after all the no-hitters we had, remember a record-tying seven no-hitters, six individual, one team. And by the way, that didn't count the Madison Bumgarner, seven any no-hitter, part of a no-hitter. But that we thought with, once the stick of mm-hmm. stuff was taken away, we wouldn't see another no-hitter. Well, last night, we came close. Patrick Sandoval. He of a two and four record with the Angels, having never thrown a complete game in his life, was two outs away from throwing a no hitter. Ironically, the guy that got the hit with the hit raised his batting average to 108. The one guy that was oh like the gosh. gimme in the lineup, the guy sort of hit it off the wrist down the right field line. So we almost had a record setting eighth no hitter from the Angels last night, but also. Shohei Ohtani. Remember, we were talking about Shohei Ohtani going into the All-Star Game and that he was going to participate in the home run derby and he was going to be the starting pitcher, leadoff hitter, and everything else. Would that take anything out of him? You know, he opened up the post-All-Star Game. How about four for 24 with 14 strikeouts? That's how, in fact, they had to sit him a cinema day to try to get his head together. Now, good news is he had a couple of doubles last night. But this idea that his swing was not thrown off by the home run derby, Joe Madden said, Oh, no, no, I no, had no. nothing to do with it. Really? It 14 is. strikeouts in his first 24 bats after the All Star break? Let's be very honest with each other. Yeah. This
5: is the reason why you don't see veterans in the slam dunk contest in the mm-hmm. NBA, and yeah. you don't see veterans typically mm-hmm. in the MLB home run derby. Yeah. It's because it does have an impact, or you risk injury. Imagine straining your
0: oblique during the home run derby. Which is why Fernando Tatis Jr., the Padres, did not participate. Or yeah,
5: you know, you have a pre existing injury right. that's finally starting to be- feel better, and you re aggravate it because you're swinging out of your shoes. So the camera all look, here's the deal it, it has an impact, and-, and it also has a stigma. And when things are stigmatized, mm-hmm. oftentimes, especially in a game as mental, as baseball is, Mm -hmm. where most of the work is done between the years, it can really screw with you if something is stigmatized. So, you know, whether or not, say, spider tack or sticky substances really helped you as a pitcher or it just made you feel better, like it just mentally – it made you feel like you were doing something more, right? I'm trying my hardest, but I also have this tiny little – Uh, advantage that nobody knows about. It's my little secret, just me and my glove. I have a little pine tar, a little spider tack, or whatever it is, and maybe it doesn't do all that much, but maybe it makes you feel like. The placebo effect. You know, or taking your vitamins in the morning, right? You know, you may have a multivitamin, and on a day that you don't, all of a sudden you kind of feel like you have the sniffles all of a sudden. yeah. yeah. Look, it's benefiting you in a small way. It's not the whole story, but it also has a strong mental effect on you. I think... In the case of the Derby, there is, it's unquestionable. It absolutely had an effect on Otani's second half so far. It'll fade. It'll fade. Yeah. But I think it's had an effect.
0: And he had a couple doubles yesterday, so it seems like he's back on track. We'll have much more in the next hour. John Paul Morosio, give us the latest on all the rumors. Who's going to go where ultimately by week's end with the trade de- trade deadline coming up in Major League Baseball? All right. On the other side, we're going to get to a huge Huge story brewing out of college football. But first, what's trending right now? The man with the answer to that question is Mr. Ralph Irvin.
6: Aloha, gentlemen. How are you today, Ralphie? Howdy. I, uh, we got a whole lot going on, a whole lot going on.
0: I, 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 you're watching like seven different televisions with all these olympic activities going
6: um, on. Um actually I have right now <laughs> 15 different feeds in front of me. 15 different feeds. Ralphie yes. is a busy guy. Yeah, he
0: is I see all over a Tokyo of 2020.
5: Dancing around, swinging
0: mm. their eppies at
5: each other. Mm-hmm. I see some synchronized diving going on. What the Catch us up, Ralph. What's
6: happening? Well, first we're going to start though with Your favorite, Rich, the NFL. Uh, Houston Texans are expecting Deshaun Watson to be on site and in camp when they open training camp on Tuesday. If he doesn't show, he is facing a $50,000 a day fine that cannot be excused. So he's got to be there. Right now, the NFL hasn't done anything to say you can't be there, and the Texans are expecting him there. So even though he's requested the trade, we will see if he does in fact show up. Meanwhile, the Browns have placed rookie linebacker Jeremiah Wusu koromoa on the COVID-19 list. As for the Olympics, the U.S. winning four gold medals in today's action. It is day two officially. Shut out the first day. A lot of medals today. Uh, Chase Kalish winning the 400 meter individual medley in swimming. Anastasia Zolotich, women's taekwondo, the featherweight division. Lee Kiefer wins the first ever fencing gold in women's foil. And William Shaner takes the 10 meter air rifle competition. Not so good for USA basketball. France, an 83 76 win over the United States. Greg Popovich, a losing record in his last nine games as the U.S. head coach. That's not good. What is good? Major League Baseball action. Gio Urshela, an RBI single in the fourth inning. The Yankees lead the Red Sox 2-0 in that contest. The Mets still up 1-0 over Toronto. That's in the fifth inning. San Diego and Miami now tied at two. They are in the fifth inning. Baltimore leading Washington 3-1. That's in the sixth. Philadelphia, Gene Segura home run. They lead Atlanta 1-0 in the fifth. St. Louis now up 8-3 over Cincinnati in the fourth inning. As we send it back to Steve Hartman, Rich Ormberger, Fox Sports Sunday.
0: All right. Well, Ralph, thank you very much. And we have a major story coming out of college football. And I know it's a broken record when we keep talking about money, money, money. But it's always about money. It's always about money. Oh, yeah. So what's happening right now is this. According to multiple sources. We are literally weeks away from Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC. And understand this, in order to bolt the Big 12 where they have a contract with that uh, with that conference, each school would reportedly have to pay the Big 12 76 million dollars each. Yep. To get out of their contract with the Big 12 to bolt immediately, to the SEC. Now when we're talking about these universities, you know, these are places of higher learning, you know, you know the whole the line on on these colleges, but it also brings to mind how much they owe the sports world for where these universities are. Think about this, right? So we're coming off a pandemic year where a lot of these schools admissions were down because people didn't want to pay to, you know, basically be home. To- I'm going through this myself, obviously, with my own children, where they pretty much put a delay on going to a major university because we simply weren't willing to pay the price to be homeschooled while paying a full price for these universities. So you have two schools. Granted, they're big-time schools, and there's not a richer athletic program, by the way, than the University of Texas. But they are willing to pay out $76 million each to bolt to the SEC. Now, why is this happening? Well, that's because where is the money right now in college football? And by the way, that you, you, you said a lot
5: there because that just proves to you mm-hmm. there's no way. NCAA could possibly afford to pay its athletes. There's no way. <laughs> I mean, I, I. it really is. It's yeah. difficult to talk about mm. things in these terms because it's There's no money, you know. Yeah, I mean, these poor programs. I mean, how do they even field a team with proper equipment, protecting these athletes with a paltry sums of, you know, seventy six million dollar exit clauses from their conference? Where where did they come up with this
0: money? Because everyone was screaming poverty after last year, because they had to play in these empty stadiums, and yet somehow, despite the fact they're coming off a year where they're playing in front of nobody. They got an extra loose chain, seventy-six million let, let each. Me, let me tell yeah. you something: mm-hmm. the
5: only education student athletes are getting, as it pertains to sports, is learning very quickly. Sports are a business. Yeah, I remember when I went to Penn State. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I remember one of the first times I was yelled at by one of my coaches. Mm-hmm. He brought up the fact that his job depends on me doing my job. Mm. Okay, yeah, it was the first time in my entire playing career yes where somebody was talking about what i was doing on an athletic field or my accomplishments being linked to
0: them breadwinning or not right his the- paycheck of which you're not receiving a paycheck but his paycheck is dependent on you on me yeah and so mm. it was it was par- it was tantamount that mm.
5: i accomplish whatever it inane task he was asking me to accomplish at practice because if i didn't it meant that his you know whatever yeah his kid wasn't going to get fed right okay so it's it was it was an an awakening for me all of a sudden i had this feeling like yeah i mean i don't care i said to the coach i was like look i i understand what you're trying to if you're trying to encourage me by telling me that you're not going to be able to get your kid some Twinkies because I didn't do what you told me to do, mm-hmm. I was like, "That's not a motivating factor." Okay, <laughs> I'm self motivated. I'm going to try my hardest to be the best football player, but it's not going to be so that we can put a, you know an extra set of. R- I'm ring, surprised he didn't get things like ringdings or ho hos. If he had said something uh, like
0: this, lunchbox, Rich, I if you if you get better you have a chance to make a living in the NFL. That would have been a much oh, smarter yeah. tack yeah, as opposed yeah. to you're jeopardizing my paycheck. I'm trying to help you earn a paycheck. Well, And he corrected himself because yeah. he realized
5: that he had yeah. run a foul and he kind of just went, yeah, you know what? He was like, look, what I'm trying to say is we're all on the same team here. <laughs> like, you know, and, and it really was a very funny I thing. I love that, yeah. But anyways, like this is, this is the point though. You know, in, in college football especially, but also college basketball – uh, on the College
0: football, let's face it, is the main breadwinner. But, but
5: the tournament, the men's yeah. tournament makes uh, b- billions of dollars. I mean, it's insane how much money but they make. But it's
0: still not the level of college no, football. No, it isn't. Not even on close. a
5: weekly basis, the amount of money that that sport draws, it, I mean, it trumps just about any other industry. It's insane. Yes. But the point I'm trying to make is, this, this idea that, that Texas and Oklahoma, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, have it have it too rough in the Big 12. Like, they, like they need more. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like that's ridiculous. But they're going to get more. And this is going to be either if they stay with the Big 12 because Boise State pulled this stuff with the Mountain West. Mm-hmm. And guess what? They get preferential treatment with scheduling. They get more of a cut from the broadcasting pie from the Mountain West now. And that's the Mountain West. This isn't the Big 12. Do you think that Oklahoma was just going to stand by and let Texas leave the the conference and say, oh, what, we're going to be the bag holders? Hell no. If you're going to do this to our our conference, right, we're all on the same team, right? Mm -hmm. We're all on the same team. No, 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 no. We're going to try to leave too because the best case scenario is we get to go to the SEC also. Worst case scenario, which is still a pretty good case, we're going to get a bigger piece of the pie, just like you, Texas, just like you, Longhorns. It's all about the almighty dollar bill when it comes to college sports, and it's such a farce to talk about this as like you know grooming the next crop of brilliant students to guide us into a brighter future. They're trying to wring every dollar out of these athletes they possibly can.
0: And of course, with all this talk about expanding the playoff from four to twelve teams, we'd already figure this out. Well, if you go to a twelve-team tournament in which you have you know, six conferences represented in six at-large bids. Of those six at-large bids, what are we looking at? Four SEC schools? I mean, think about that. And if you make the playoff, an expanded playoff, that's more money in your pocket. There's there's no limit. So if you have a much better chance of being one of those at-large teams in an expanded college football playoff by being in the SEC, then you're going to be in the SEC, even if. You can't beat Alabama. You're the second, third, fourth best team in the SEC. With an expanded playoff, you still stand a really good chance to start getting a piece of that playoff pie. And by the way,
5: you don't have to be some sort of conspiracy theorist to connect a bunch of dots that are just waiting for you to connect, right? I mean, the Longhorn Network, a lot of people are saying, well, they launched their own network. How's that going to jive with the SEC? You know who helps uh, the Longhorn Network, who Mm. owns the rights to ESPN? Yeah. Do you know who owns the rights to the SEC? ESPN. Mm-hmm. Do you know who created the college football playoff? Mm-hmm. ESPN. Right. Look, I mean, they're, they're, if we're like we're we're talking about a, a college football monopoly that's going to be put together, it's going to devastate the landscape of college sports. But it is going to make certain teams and certain individuals and certain commissioners and certain networks and certain executives a boatload of dough. And get while the getting's good because these players, right before the pandemic, were beginning to unionize. All of a sudden you had the the Big Ten voices speaking up and the Pac-12 voices. You remember those coalitions, those player coalitions that were coming together? And they actually demanded certain things of their teams from a health standpoint. Uh, You know, it's – trust me, times are about to change in a big way.
0: All right, one thing that has never changed over the years is the fact that NCAA, the NCAA, has no control over college football. Why is it that we don't have an NCAA tournament in college football? Because they don't control college football. They never have had control of college football. That being said, if you've already – are a little bit dizzy with – schools moving from this conference to that conference or conferences just disappearing, buckle up. Because where we're heading right now in terms of college football, and by the way, they bring everybody else with them, is about to go through one of the most drastic changes ever. How severe will it be? We're going to give you a sneak peek of what will be the future of college football coming up next. It doesn't take a uh, genius to figure out where we're going here. Again, when you keep in mind, college football is like any other business; it's about making money. So, where what is the next move now that we're talking about Texas, Oklahoma paying out seventy-six million each to get out of their Pac-12 or Big Twelve commitment to join the SEC? So, I, I've been saying this for years about the idea that eventually, and I, I go back twenty years on this that eventually we would get down to four super conferences, sort of a northeast, west, south situation. So think Big Ten, ACC, SEC, Pac-12. That's where eventually we would get. I'm revising that. I don't think it's going to be a Big Four. I think it's going to be a Mega Two. We mentioned the fact that ESPN controls the ACC and the SEC. Fox essentially has control of the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. So where we're going is the formation of two mega conferences, essentially combining the Big Ten and the Pac-12. And by the way, I love this too because they won't talk so much in terms of melding their athletic programs. They are of the mindset that from an academic standpoint, we share common beliefs. Like This comes down to the university presidents, that the Pac-12 and the Big 12 administrators feel like we have a lot in common. This is how they're going to sort of lay this out, right? Meanwhile, the ACC and the SEC will also join forces. Then, once this is all established, now they have to decide this. They will start looking at these athletic programs, even those that have been longtime members of one of these conferences, and they have to show... Are you bringing money to the table or are we just carrying you? Because if we're just carrying you and we're giving you a piece of the pie, just because you're part of the conference, that's not going to be good enough anymore. You got to show us something here. You got to show us that you're worth it because if we're just splitting the pie because, well, you've been part of the family all these years, that's gone. That's gone. Iowa, Sam, I want to bring one school up, right? And that's Iowa State, the Cyclones, all right? Oh, yeah. Not exactly a mega force in any sport, I guess. Wrestling, not even that. So they've never really been a, a mega force in any sport. They've never been a mega force in football, basketball, go down. They've had moments. Streaks of greatness, yeah. A, you know, very, Streaks of glory. Yeah, I mean, they're they're not horrible now. But ultimately what are they bringing to the table what what are you offering us what give me give me some reason to keep you on the team
2: I don't, I don't, I don't like the idea of just dropping some team from a conference because they're not bringing enough to the table. Oh, you can still play. They should be grandfathered in, you know. Yeah, you know, there's I, no, the
4: grandfathering well, the money days are over. It's just
5: I, ridiculous. Well, yeah, that, but that's the whole thing. That, that's what it is right now. It's only just becoming more transparent. You know, it's always been about money. It's mm. just, it's just becoming easier to see, and the rich getting richer. Well, and it's also, it's getting, it's getting to the point where. You know, people are starting to push back on that aspect of this a little bit or asking more questions about where all this money is going, mm-hmm. how it's being spent, and mm-hmm. why tuitions are still as high as they are yeah. considering how much money these sports are profiting. It's like, right. wait a second. well. Wait, wait, we're talking b billions, Mm -hmm. billions of dollars, and you're telling me the in-state tuition for uh, Mm. you know for Duke or for uh, UNC is what seventy, eighty thousand? Yeah. Oh god. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Got it. Got it. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Where we're heading, I do believe, is still a four conference system. I I don't think they'll ever conglomerate and coalesce in a way where it's. Well,
0: I'm not saying what I'm saying is there will be two mega forces now they could split them and the yeah, keep the yeah. ACC I get but they will be Two major forces yeah. running the show, and and I don't. The NCAA I don't has disagree. No power over. I, yeah, I None. don't
5: disagree that there's going to yeah. be a huge power funnel, right. And that it, in an inverse way, going to the top. You may even have separate playoffs. You're going to, yeah, potentially. But I think you're you're going to end up looking at something in mm-hmm. say the next decade that's like the the Northern Amazon Conference with the Southern Mobile Exxon Conference with mm-hmm. the Eastern sure. Oracle Conference with the Western. Geico Whoever's conference. Whoever's willing
0: to put the money up, absolutely. I'm just excited to see
5: who wins the Bezos Bowl. <laughs> That's what I'm excited for. I just want to see who gets crowned the, the most bezos team mm. and gets to take a ride into space on the Blue Origin <laughs> rocket. <laughs> I love that. The winner gets a ride into space. You think space. that was worth it
0: to shoot up into yeah. uh, space for 11 minutes, come down for $28 million? Was that worth it? No. I mean, basically, you shot to the edge of space mm. and then came down and for an 11 minute ride, 28 million dollars. Uh, I mean, it's, I don't know that I don't that doesn't sound sounds like a Disney ride to me. And basically. He did, and he
5: didn't even crease his Stetson partner. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's so much money floating out there, isn't it? It's just, I mean, I love what Bezos had to say. They're like, you know, you're you're worth 190 billion dollars. Is this really good use of your money? And he's like, ah, maybe not, but.
7: What the heck? You billions know? and billions and billions you know. and billions.
0: I mean, you know, I'm giving plenty of billions away to charity. So if I want to go on a joy ride with a couple of people, what's the harm, right? Well, and again, money. like I said, whoever
5: gets crowned the national <laughs> champion, they no longer have to suffer on a on a warm summer day at the White House. They're going to be launched into space. Ain't that fun, kids? <laughs>
0: that's be- By the way, that's better than a paycheck. You get your tuition and an opportunity to get a space. The whole thing is, most people are just saying, Does this mean we get the two best teams facing each other for a national championship? <laughs> the answer is no, that is not going to happen.
4: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: Yes, doing what we do every Sunday here on Fox Sports Radio, just having a good time, hanging out in the world that we prefer. That would be the world of sports. Sports. Having a good time in the sports world. And there's always a lot of fun in the sports world. <laughs> you make that sound like when when like your mom
5: kicks you out of the house in the summertime because you're driving her crazy. You've been out of school for a month. And she's like, go outside and have fun with your friends.
0: I like it. Fun. Yeah. Play
5: sports and have fun. And like
0: it. But
5: just don't come home until dinner.
0: So for me, unlike you, who actually (laughs) was an athlete, I guess once an athlete, always an athlete. Right, Rich? Oh, of course. Yeah. So, you should see me uh, on the pickleball court. But, yeah, you know, when you talk about me as a kid, when I was like, <laughs> let's say, eight, nine, 10 years old, that age,
2: I and I'm sitting you there.
0: The exact same way. There's nothing changed. Eve. Essentially, in those days, I was immersed in my baseball cards, <laughs> memorizing the stats. I graduated to almanacs when I realized there's like books that have all kinds of stats in them. Then it's it's like next level, not just the back I just of the baseball. Picture you cards. wearing
5: comfortable walking sneakers, yes. a pair of blue jeans a polo, and going, Father, can mm-hmm. I talk to you about Ty
0: Cobb's batting <laughs> average? Sure. And to project me all these years later and seeing that nothing has changed, um, is very comforting to me, actually. It's I found my niche really early on <laughs> in life. Good. Like yeah. some people are always in search of, like, what what is my purpose here? Like, what exactly was this life meant to be for me? And I found that very early on in my life. Very early on. I'm here to yell at you. Yes. So anyway, uh, that's what we do. We hang out here, we talk sports, we get a lot of <laughs> things. I mean, there's some really there's some crazy stories out there, like this story. Deshaun Watson is reporting to Houston, Texans training camp. Well, what, the what's reason crazy is, about that? Well, the reason he's doing that is to avoid a $50,000 daily fine. Lawyers ain't cheap. And by the way, under the new collective bargaining agreement, teams can no longer forgive fines. Why would the players hang out? They, uh, that was part of the collective bargaining agreement? Listen, the, the so owners... They, they used to do this, like a guy yeah, sat out for a couple and of then weeks... And they could have fine and forgiveness. And they said, all right, forget the fines. The no owners, longer are they forgiven. The owners did
5: something very intelligent. Mm-hmm. The owners... Um, they appealed to the bottom half of the league as opposed to the top half of the league. Yeah, what what they when they entered this CBA negotiation in the first place, and I, we'll get back to Deshaun Watson in a second. But this round, it it just was very different than years past. A lot of times, the owners, in order to to appease the stars in the league. They gave some ground and, you know, they begrudgingly did so, but they knew that they needed to in order to keep their star quarterbacks happy. But what they've done is they essentially created a CBA that will keep their, their stars happy. It will also keep the, the guys who are making the bare minimum in the league happy, but the middle tier guys are starting to get squeezed out. So that's the reason why the league's getting younger and younger because it's cheaper and cheaper to draft a quarterback. And what that'll essentially do is replace veteran quarterbacks who aren't very good. You're not going to be stuck with a guy for very long because you could just go back into the draft if you get it wrong. You don't have the Sam Bradford $50 million guaranteed anymore. So if you draft Rosen and you're like, eh, no good. You can go back and draft a Murray with your new head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, and nobody will mm-hmm. nobody will mind because the guarantees are so much lower than they've been. And then <clears throat> the quarterbacks are getting paid at a rate that's never been seen before in the sport. And some of these receivers, obviously, as well, corners, you know, the valuable positions, left tackles, uh, defensive ends. But these middle-tier guys, these veterans who used to make up the bulk of your roster, they're getting squeezed out. So you have less – experience depth, but a much cheaper uh a much cheaper workforce overall because you get the benefits of not having to pay back fines and other agreements in the CBA that restrict certain pay and benefit to players future and past.
0: So we were talking about the Aaron Rodgers situation. Yeah. If he were to sit out the entire training camp he owes two million dollars. That's correct. And he will have to pay the $2 million. It's yes. not forgivable. He will yes. have to pay the $2 million. All right, so for Deshaun Watson, remember, we we haven't talked about Deshaun Watson, so what's the latest? Well, of the 23 lawsuits that were filed against him, um, 22 are still active. Now, Watson is making it clear he still wants to be traded from the Texans. Remember, this trade talk was two months before the you-know-what hit the fan with all these sexual harassment lawsuits. So the question is, if you're the Texans right now, and by the way, their new coach right now, David Culley, is absolutely has nothing to say about any of this. I mean, if anyone tries to say, so what is the status of Deshaun Watson? And he just sort of looks at you cross-eyed and said, next question. They really don't know. Because obviously, legally, he's in limbo right now. I don't know if he has any trade value at all. You know, the irony is, had they traded him immediately, and we remember we were, remember we had the Jets, we had the Dolphins, we had all these teams, like what would they have to give up for a 25 year old quarterback of the level of a Deshaun Watson? What, five number ones, uh, whatever it was? Had they made the trade at the time, there's a, there's a chance that it would have been nullified by the NFL. The NFL has made that clear. But it wouldn't be putting them in the position that they are right now. So do you think, let me ask you, do you think the Texans are trying to see if anyone's interested in making a deal to try to just rid themselves if they can't for whatever cost, just turn the page on Deshaun Watson, whatever his future might hold? No. Or are they still holding out hope that somehow – Despite these 22 active lawsuits, that he'll emerge on the other side. Well, it, it, it's just strange how things work uh, out for
5: people who are talented or famous mm-hmm. in this country. And I'm not just limiting that scope to football or your athletic career. This happens with actors. This happens with comedians. Uh, this happens with it happens with a lot of people who have reached a certain. Um, a lot of people reach a certain pinnacle of success in their given trade. And and if it's something that a lot of people can cash in on, like, for example, a talented starting quarterback who's not even in the prime of his career yet, he's still a very young player. Yep. It's just amazing how these things work out. I mean, it doesn't matter necessarily guilt or innocence. That <laughs> That's not really a part of the conversation. It's just, can we escape this situation we'll call it while not having a crushing public relations blow attached to it. Can we weather the storm up front uh, and still being dynamic as far as profitability in the future? That's the only equation that appears to be uh, run during these times for the NFL and for the franchises. And I don't necessarily blame them because their businesses and their whole goal is to make money and, It doesn't matter what domestic violence, abuse pops up. It doesn't seem, at least. There hasn't been precedent for it in the NFL where a player receives some sort of lifelong ban from the game as a result of, you know, abuses against, you know, somebody domestically or sexual assault allegations or worse. It it just, that, that doesn't appear to, if you are a big enough star for the game, they will find a way to still... Um, market you if there's still talent left in those legs and those arms and your abilities and and that's just the way it's going to be. I don't know how this story ends but I could almost guarantee you that Deshaun Watson plays for a number of years to come.
0: You believe that? Oh, 100%. Somehow these 22 lawsuits will be dismissed and that's it. I don't I Back don't to business I don't usual. know how, but I mean I remember when Michael I don't Michael, know how, but it just Michael, feels like it's going to be that way. When Michael Vick went to prison And I was, and people were saying, well, is he going to come back? I go, how? Yeah. How? how?" First of all, the fact they'll be out of football for at least two years by serving his prison time. But from a PR standpoint, I mean, abusing animals, this is not going to fly. There's no way you're going to be able to sell people on bringing in a guy who was in prison for abusing animals. Like people look at them, when they think animals, they're not thinking of like some vicious pit bull. They're thinking of, like you know, their little furry friends yeah. at home, like yeah. and you, scrunchy, scrunchy on the couch. Next right, to and me. you you abuse this guy and boo boo to my left. But what happened was, is that Michael Vick was able to come back for two reasons. One, he still had talent, and secondly, he was one hundred percent remorseful. He paid back every dime. He never missed a beat. He never did. He was like, I will pay back whatever I did. He didn't, he he did all the right things. So in Deshaun Watson's case, whatever the future may hold legally for him, if he's looking for a path back, look what Michael Vick did. Michael Vick was able to come back because he still had the skills and he was 100 remorseful for the actions that he took. Look, I, I mean, just look around. I, mm-hmm. I'm
5: talking about fame at, and 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 prestige or success mm-hmm. right. in, in a lot of different entertainment spaces. I mean, think about the controversies and the stories that were swirling around Michael Jackson. Yeah, think about Bill Cosby out of prison. By the way, right now mm-hmm. on a technicality, on a technicality, but yes. he's out of prison right now. I'm t- I'm just saying, like there there is an incredible. Uh, appetite to see famous people have the comeback mm-hmm. that they're, they're, and, and it happens all the time in this country. People like to root for the guy who screwed up mm-hmm. or the girl even, but it's, it's just like, I, I don't know how, like I said, I don't know how we get to the end of this story, but again, I, I don't doubt it, especially when you're talking about a talented NFL player or Major League Baseball player or basketball player or whoever, or famous athlete or uh, actor or comic or whatever, there always seems to be an appetite to get this person back into the fold because there are people who can profit off of it.
0: Well, there's another athlete in a similar situation right now, and it does bring up the bigger question. We always say, well, okay, so they may not be the best person on the planet, man, if they can perform as a sports fan, I don't really care what they do. What are the Dodgers going to do right now with this Trevor Bauer situation? And by the way, there's a new twist on that coming up next. Rich Armberger. One of the things about being in any level of entertainment mm. to be successful is understand your audience. And an audience in one city or one section of the country can be completely different than another section. We know this. It's very it's hard to gauge anything that is universal. Um let's 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 put an example out there uh, here in Uh, Southern California, specifically in Los Angeles, which in in many people's eyes that live outside of Southern California, they just label L.A. as Hollywood, right? It's, It's the entertainment capital of the world. Of course. And many that have been involved in the entertainment business, whether it's movies or television or sports, have had individual indiscretions that would be intolerable anywhere else, but somehow... I won't use the word acceptable, but passable. A prime example of this happened with Kobe Bryant. When Kobe Bryant was going through his situation, the alleged rape of a woman in Colorado. And remember, he was flying in and out of Colorado back to games. Mm -hmm. And here he's being accused of raping a woman in Colorado. And even when it was happening, eventually, obviously, it never actually went to trial. The woman got paid off, and off she went. It was never held against Kobe Bryant, certainly not by Laker fans, not any of them. We actually had an update guy that was actually saying on the air during updates, labeling the woman accuser in derogatory terms that she was the evil one by how dare you make accusations against Kobe Bryant and getting away with it it was unbelievable so we we talk about this right now because we have a situation with the Dodgers and the Trevor Bauer situation so now everything has been delayed again Sure. So we're, we got an August second. August second
5: for is the hearing for the restraining order, I believe, or the correct?
0: Yeah. All right. So this is ongoing, and of course, he's been already placed on unprecedented administrative leave. And what this means is he continues to get paid to the tune of a million and a half dollars a week. So he's made six million dollars since he last pitched, um, and this was. This was afforded by agreement of the players' union mm-hmm. because the, the original terms are you could only be on this for two weeks and then Major League Baseball would have to step in and either reinstate him or suspend him without pay. So they're they're in already uncharted territory. But if you're a Dodger fan right now, and because whatever happened between Trevor Bauer and this woman, he's not denying, it's not a matter of denial The question is, was there consent? Right. And so whether you believe that, well, what happens between two people, if there's consent, now what the woman is accusing him of is overstepping it. Like, I'm unconscious and you're doing things to me and there's no consent because I'm unconscious. Right. That you took a a step too far. There are many people out there that say, you know what? Hey, you know, that was between the two of them. There are other people that saying, wait, let me get this straight. So Trevor Bowers says if he meets a woman and this is things that she's into, physical abuse, and you're okay with that as long as it's consent, that doesn't fly with me. This is the PR aspect of this story where the Dodgers have to sit down and ask themselves this. What do we do? Are are we convinced? Because you the money is incidental. Forget the money. The 40 million they share, 45 million next year, that means nothing to the Dodgers. That's pennies, whether they have to pay him off or not. But from a PR standpoint, let's and we were talking to Ralph Irvin during the break. Let's say the Dodgers, this this goes on for a while, but let's say they lose an arm in September. Let's say somebody gets hurt. Yeah. And all of a sudden you you still got Trevor Bauer sitting there and you're like, okay, he's the difference between us not making the playoffs or making the playoffs or, you know, getting in the playoffs and winning the World Series. If ultimately we reinstate him, we'll all be forgiven. In LA, he would have a much better chance of being forgiven than other parts of the country because it's been proven time and again, whether it's forgiving Hollywood stars for their indiscretion, TV personnel, it happens all the time in Los Angeles. For forgive, forgive as long as you keep us entertained, as long as you deliver what is promised out there. So I believe that this is something the Dodgers are trying to – Way they're leaving this all with Major League Baseball right now, they haven't had to make any statement because all they're saying is, Well, we're just waiting for Major League Baseball. Um, so they, but if, at some point, they will have to make a decision here, and their decision has as much to do with the audience that follows them as it does to whatever your thoughts are on what the right thing to do should he be, should he not be. Uh, Again, we always talk about money, but that's where we get back to the money portion of this. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But the fact that he's in Los Angeles uh, makes Trevor Bauer's situation a lot different than it would be in other parts of the country.
5: Yeah, look, I I mean, you you say Los Angeles and you, you point out and you made great points about... The similarities between this case, although not the same, but similar between this case and the Kobe situation mm-hmm. uh, back then. But I, I I mean, winning and like you said, entertainment, uh, if you have a football, I'll give you an example in the sport of football. If you have a football team that is having immense success, mm-hmm. it almost doesn't matter to the fan base. It seems it almost doesn't matter to the fan base what happens During the course of that success, as long as the good times keep rolling. Mm -hmm. I mean, for example, the Kansas City Chiefs, okay, drafted Tyreek Hill and had a violent situation with Mm -hmm. uh, a girlfriend turned fiance who was carrying his child. Uh, There was a lot of physical violence that he admitted to, Uh, was still drafted by the team. And then there was even... Uh, uh, audio captured mm-hmm. of of further verbal abuse and potential threatening language used toward, I believe, the same woman, if I'm remembering the story correctly. Right, uh, Kareem Hunt was caught on camera in a hotel. Kicking uh, a woman down. Kicking a woman. Now, th- he was placed on commissioner leave and then released by mm-hmm. the Kansas City Chiefs. But again, a small speed bump right. in the road. He's doing fine with Cleveland. Uh, Andy Reid's son... If I'm remembering correctly, got into a collision with a car. And yes. I, did that result? Young girl. Yeah, it result in the the death of a young child or just serious injury? In a serious injury. Okay, is being charged with a class D felony. Mm-hmm. Now, if Andy Reid was posting eight and eight records every year, do you think there would be as much as much popularity? Well, let's go for back this, for this team or how Ray, it's been ran. The Ray
0: Rice situation. All right, so you have the video evidence of him knocking out this woman, who, by the way, now is his wife. Ray Rice's career ended with that, but is it because of the incident or because he was already on the downside of his career? Oh, 100% if that, it was if, because
5: he was on the downside, downside of his if career. That,
0: if that incident happened two years before when Ray Rice was, at that point, one of the best running backs in the league— I know the number he did on your New England Patriots. I remember Ray Rice running oh, yeah. all through your defense. Yeah. If that Ray Rice had been involved in that incident, he would have found a way yeah, back. Yeah. By in the, the way,
5: yeah. So in 2012, Ray Rice was mm-hmm. dominant, dominant 11 uh, hundred yard rusher, and this is following th- three. The three previous seasons, mm-hmm. he rushed for over a, a, over a thousand yards. What was his yards per carry his last season? His last season, though, and mm-hmm. this is interesting. Yeah. 2013, yeah. started 15 games, mm-hmm. appeared in 15 games, had 660 yards, and averaged. Three point one yards per carry. He was done. He scored four touchdowns. Right. This guy was a rainmaker for the four seasons before that,
0: but he tailed off dramatically in twenty thirteen. Which, by the way, is normal for most running backs. You got about a four year window, and
5: then and then had that incident in the off and the Baltimore Ravens saw it fit
0: to say goodbye. And then remember, his soon to be wife who had taken the punch. She was begging everybody, "Come on! I'm telling you, it was it was between us." I marry this man. I love this man. It was a bad moment for him. It got caught on film. Didn't matter because around the league, they're like, "Well, he can't play anymore." Yeah. I, again, forgiveness comes
5: much easier mm. to those who are talented, and from those, for those. Where people can profit from them, and yeah. so just like the examples I made about the Chiefs and all the, the issues Tyree that Hill they ran and into, all these different guys, just yeah. like the examples you made with the Lakers and Kobe, mm-hmm. just like this situation with Trevor Bauer, who by the way was leading the NL in strikeouts, mm-hmm. had a two four nine ERA, yes. and was coming off of a victory where uh, he held, I believe it was the mm-hmm. Giants to two runs in a win, complaining about Angel Hernandez's strike zone, yes, with. Uh, the last time we heard him speak publicly,
0: I'm I, with you, and we're going to get to John yeah. Paul Morosi on the other side here. But uh, if, if he gets through his legal problems, I agree with you. If they still feel that he can help them win, uh, Trevor Bauer will see another day as a Dodger. All right, we're going to get to John Paul Morosi on the other side, but first, let's find out what is trending right now with Mr. Ralph Irvin.
6: Well, you talk about uh, the NFL and forgiveness. That's uh, the case right now with the Houston Texans. They are expecting Deshaun Watson to be on site for training camp on Tuesday. And if he doesn't show, they will be dropping a $50,000 a day fine on him. Again, the new collective bargaining agreement, they can't excuse the fines. So if he doesn't show... He's going to have to pay the big bucks. Uh, The Browns are placing rookie linebacker Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa on their COVID-19 list. Now to Major League Baseball, where we have a developing situation at Fenway Park. The Yankees have a 4-0 lead over Boston. But the big story, well, that is coming from the lack of Red Sox hits. In fact, there are none. The Yankees uh, getting a great performance so far from Domingo Herman. Seven innings of work. He struck out 10. And again, no hits for Boston now through seven innings. We'll see how that continues. Meanwhile, the Mets with a 5-3 lead over Toronto. Jeff McNeil, a two-run double to give New York the advantage there in the seventh inning. Tampa Bay leads Cleveland 2-1 in the eighth and Philadelphia gets a Ronald Torres home run. They extend their lead to 2-0 over Atlanta. They are now in the top of the ninth inning. Earlier today, France humiliated the United States, 83-76. Greg Popovich has lost five of his last nine games and maybe he just is a better coach with international players. That's who he <laughs> won his titles with. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we'll send it back now. It is Steve Hartman and Rich Hornberger.
0: All right, Ralph. Uh, okay, now it's that time. That rare treat for us to join forces every week with someone that wears many, many hats. He's our Fox Sports Radio MLB insider. You see him on the MLB network, the NHL network. He's everywhere because he has something to say, and he has information to give, and he shares it with us every single Sunday. <laughs> John Morosi is joining us right now. So, JP, let's start what's happening right now out of Fenway. Herman has got a no-hitter through seven innings. Last night, Patrick Sandoval of the Angels... Came within two outs of a no hitter, and he gave up a hit to a guy hitting less than 100. So the idea that we were done with no hitters without the stickum stuff—I don't know. I mean, what, what
7: are we looking at right now, JP? It's it's still the year of the no hitter, my friends. Yes, long live the year of the no hitter. And uh, you're right. I guess we we'll have to see if if Herman finishes it off at Fenway. He has been someone that obviously the Yankees need more from down the stretch if they want to find a way to win this division. I, I really still believe it's the Red Sox division to lose or maybe the Rays with their acquisition of Nelson Cruz in recent days. But uh, aside from the possible no-hitter, this is a huge game and a huge day for the New York Yankees given where their standing is at the moment. So uh, we have to watch and see if this, if this game gets completed. But Patrick Sandoval last night was magnificent for the Angels, who are one of the teams. And I would say the Yankees are part of this conversation too. Angels. Yankees, Braves, uh, Reds, you would say, Cardinals, a lot of teams that are right on the bubble of just how aggressive they can be at the deadline, which is coming up on Friday, 4 p.m. It's going to be an amazing week. And yes, thank you as always for the very kind introduction. I realized as you were introducing us that I, I still have to get back to Rich about talking baseball and also the NHL draft, which is what I was. Uh, consume with last week. So, Rich, I owe you a text, my friend, and I'm going to chat with you in a couple days on the Padres. Last week was like all hockey with a little (laughs) bit of baseball mixed in, and now I'm fully back on baseball. So thank you for all your time and patience. By the way, we
0: just jinxed the no-hitter just ended. Yeah, there it is. Okay, there you
7: go. Well, we can move on from the Yankees then. No need to talk about the Yankees. Let's talk about the team that's really the best, which is, of course, the Padres, right? Yeah, well, oh, and by the way,
5: just a side note, you owe me nothing, JP, so never feel like uh, any explanation is needed. Um, Before we get to the Padres, I had a quick question about Cleveland and the 2022 season. They will now be known as the Guardians moving forward. You know, somewhat of a muted reaction to this in Southern California because baseball, as we've discussed in the past, is more of a regional sport. What was the reaction reaction from the fan base and people who really care about the Cleveland Indians, at least that'll be their name for now.
7: Uh, I think that for – there were, certainly were some people, some fans with, with, uh, with Cleveland that, that were never going to be okay with the new nickname. And so there's probably some segment there that was going to be loudly against any choice that was not the Indians for them. And, and I think you have to accept that. But I think that for those that were willing to have a, an open mind on this, it's actually, I, I think, a really good compromise. It still obviously has a similar structure in terms of ending in I-A-N-S, so there's, there's some familiarity with, with, the, with the way that the script looks. Uh, the colors are the same. You can still incorporate the C on, on the jersey, which is in the same way. So I think that there are enough threads of the, of the overall look of what the franchise has been while still moving obviously away from any indigenous or Native American imagery or, or nomenclature, and then I think it also pivots nicely to, to what that that city is it's of course a city on the lake uh, there's a certain nature of, of guarding against the, the harsh winters and the harsh conditions when you're uh, when you're on on the lake as a, as a big shipping port there's also that notion of guarding the legacy of, of the franchise. This is the, the franchise of Larry Doby. It's the franchise of Satchel Paige, the franchise of Bob Feller. There's a lot of great pride in the history of this team, many of it, frankly, uh, along the lines of being the first AL franchise to integrate. And I, I was someone that I, I looked at it and said, uh, to name them the Cleveland Dobies also would have been very appropriate. But to me, any anything that reminds People of the heritage of the franchise in a good way, meaning that what what a tremendous leader they were in the in the space for integrating the American League. To me, that's just as important for the for the Cleveland franchise as any other piece of their history. Larry Doby integrating the American League, so. I hope that that is remembered as a key part of of that franchise and hopefully both their past and their future.
0: I have. uh, It's interesting. So the Cleveland American League franchise was born with the formation of the American League in 1901. Their first year they were the Cleveland Blues, and they are like, well, that name sucks. So they got rid of it after one name, (laughs) one year. Then they went to the Cleveland Broncos. That also lasted only one year. So by year three, they were on their third name, which was the Cleveland Naps which was named after Napoleon Lajoie, their legendary player, and then eventually they became the Indians. I'm almost of the mindset now, JP, I don't even care. I sort of like the Washington football team. Like the Cleveland baseball team. Why do we even have these stupid (laughs) nicknames? Most of them are dumb. They don't make any sense. We got a Lakers team in L.A. where there's no lake. I mean, we got the Dodgers in L.A. where where they were trolley Dodgers back in the old Brooklyn. They don't even make sense half the time. The Utah Jazz? What is that? The Pelicans? Because they're a worse name than that. I remember when they had the Orlando Magic. I go, why don't you call them the Orlando I, I I'm not into nicknames. Is that... Is that something that you're drawn to, JP? Are these different nicknames, or can we just call every team just by their city and what sport they play?
7: Well, this, that is quite a tee up, my friend, because I, I can say this. I, and I, I will say this. I, you know, I love hockey as well, as you guys well know. I, I love historical logos that have a lot of texture and have been there for generations. For me, it's the winged wheel in Detroit. It's the interlocking CH for the Habaton de Montréal. It's the the Maple Leafs logo. (laughs) Historic logos for me are special. And if you ever want to have on a day when, let's let's say there's a bunch of rainouts in baseball and you need a topic for the show, I will give you a guaranteed two-hour topic that would have tremendous amounts of great listener feedback, which is, Name your favorite uniform in baseball mm. that is not your favorite team growing up. So you have to take that. Well, oh, there's that no doubt.
0: my is the Cardinals. The Cardinals had so the best-looking uniforms. Yeah.
7: That's a good one. So I, I obviously can't go with the Tigers, even though that's a very popular pick for people because baseball tuxedos, coolest uniforms I believe in baseball. But for me, Dodgers. Something about that royal blue script and those red numbers that just pop on the front of the jersey, the beautiful home uniforms, a gorgeous day at Dodger Stadium. Something about the way that looks against the backdrop of the beautiful Dodger Stadium, which has aged so well. I, I think you're right about the Cardinals, but I would say the Dodgers, for me, are in first place. I, I think the Royals are close for another reason. Uh, but I, There's a lot of great uniforms in the sport, but I would say Dodgers are my favorite with, if you have to accept my hometown team of Detroit.
5: Mine I guess would have to be the Devil Rays before they dropped the Devil I thought that was a mm. cool name I thought the jerseys were cool with the fish on the front Get of it out the out whole here. thing Oh you yeah you lie No 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 come on that was really? a success it was really? a smashing success
0: This is a guy who played football at Penn State where they have nothing on their uniforms remember that
7: Which, which by the way I like my favorite uniforms in college football are Michigan's and Penn State I just the, the simplicity of it is beautiful yeah. like there's no need to there's no need to put a whole bunch of other features on it just simple straightforward you know i i do like i i've always liked USC's uniforms too i think those are pretty sharp um but yeah i would say Michigan Penn State USC classic classic
0: all right let's get to the trade deadline which we are less than a week away as you said there's a lot of teams on the fence right now are we buyers are we sellers especially a lot of those teams in the NL East holding out hope that somehow Jacob DeGrom is going to have extended time on the injured list but when it's all said and done, give us some of the big-name pitchers that are going to have a new home by this time next week. Who are some of the pitchers that you think will ultimately be dealt before the trade deadline when we have this conversation next week?
7: So, great question, and I will say this, that we may see the, the decisive move to win the NL West made by which team lines up with Jose Berrios and the Minnesota Twins. And it makes you even better if you can find a way to get Taylor Rogers added in there because I think he is one of the best closers in baseball right now. And if you find a way, and this is, a, I think Derek Falvey may do this. You package up Berrios with Rogers that gets you the most prospect return and gets you the highest level guy going back. I think that's a huge question. So I would say number one, Jose Berrios. I, I, I think right now Herman Marquez stays in Colorado. I think Luis Castillo stays with Cincinnati. The name that I'm sure is going to move, like by this time next week, if he's not in a new uniform, I'll be stunned. That's Tyler Anderson of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Mm -hmm. Tyler Anderson has pitched very well this year, been reliable for teams like the Dodgers and Padres and Phillies, who are close to the luxury tax threshold. He has a lot of appeal because he's not going to cost you a lot of money in cash. His contract this year was $2.5 million for one year. Nice, easy tra- uh, contract to trade. So, again, I would say Berrios, highest impact. Tyler Anderson, most likely to move. And then, of course, the Cubs, guys. That, that to me, is the topic we have to get to. Who ends up moving from Chicago? I think Chris Bryant is traded. I also believe Craig Kimbrell is going to be traded by the Cubs as well.
5: The San Francisco Giants, and we have about 45 seconds here, JP, but is it time we start trusting that they are as good as they look on paper?
7: Yes. I mean, this is now, we are almost to the end of July, my friends. This is not a start. This is four months. We're two-thirds of the way through. It's, it's been a fast season, and the Giants, in many ways, they're getting better as time goes on. They're going to get some of their, their guys that have been on the injured list back, and their rotation has been so good. You've got to credit Farron Lady and Scott Harris for signing Kevin Gossman, Anthony Disclifani, Alex Wood, all of them on one-year deals. Tremendous work by the Giants. They are going back to the postseason this year.
0: They just lost back-to-back games to the lowly <laughs> Pirates. It's
7: over. It's over. I, I, hey guys, I am still on the bandwagon. I, I didn't say they were going to win the division, mm. but look at the National League. It's going to be the, the NL West. That's going to be like the the NL West consolation round. is going to be the wild card game. And then they're going to play the team that wins the division. And then the first round series is going to be in Milwaukee against the winner of the NL East, probably the Mets. There you go. I just gave wow. you the whole picture. Yeah, yeah. It is. And by the way, I do I do
0: want to clarify that if everything stands, it is right now. Let's just say Padres, Dodgers in a wild card game, and then they would play the Giants three out of five because the Giants had the best record. Right? It doesn't. Correct. It doesn't alter based on the division. Correct, exactly. Right. So, the, so the
7: wild card game winner yeah. plays the top seed based on record, and then it's going to be – and, guys, I mean, it's almost a certainty. I mean, the Brewers are going to win that division, yeah. and then they're going to play the winner of the NL East in the, in the other series.
0: So we were talking about this with the Padres. Like, if I were the Padres right now, you, I would much rather see the Dodgers in one game. Get rid of them in one game. I'll roll the dice on a one-game matchup and eliminate them. Take my chances winning three out of five against the Giants and then four out of seven against the Mets or Brewers.
7: Bring it on. No respect for the Giants, JP. No. Nah, Come on, nah. Steve. They've got a two-game win. They have the best record in the National. They have the yeah. best record in all of baseball. Uh, <laughs> mark my words. I want, you,
0: I want you to look at your calendar right now. The Padres are playing the Dodgers at Petco on August 24th. If you look at the Giants' schedule between now and then, the Dodgers' schedule between now and then, and the Padres' schedule between now and then, the Padres will be in first place when they face the Dodgers August 24th at Petco. Mark Ooh, that, my uh, words. And, and that's
7: a great one. And by the way, that same night, the Mets play the Giants. Mm. Uh, and that, that's going to be a great one, too. I, I love I love August and September baseball and October oh, yeah. baseball, guys. It's here. It is it. here. <laughs> Absolutely. <Can't wait. laughs>
0: All right. Well, uh, there he is. A man that loves, of course, the script of the Detroit Tigers, but admits. That he's also in love with Dodger Blue. How about that? I yes. am.
7: I love it. Love John it. Beautiful, Paul Morosi,
0: JP. I can't wait for next week already. By that time, the trade deadline will have come and gone. We're going to have. We might have to do a full hour with you at some point here. But uh, I'll be ready,
7: guys. I have all the technology in my house to do that kind of stuff. Now I've learned more about radio, and so we're good. <laughs> Call me up anytime. All right.
0: You're the best, JP. Thanks so much.
7: My pleasure, guys. All the best. Thanks so John much.
0: Paul Marossi, our Fox Sports Radio MLB insider. All right, so he threw a lot of names out there, a lot of possibilities. But like he says, you know, we get to the 100-game mark, which is essentially where we are right now. Now we are at where we started the baseball season a That's year ago. Right. Essentially, we're at where we started baseball a year ago in late July in that 60-game season. All right. Gee, I want to go a step further on this whole thing. You mentioned the Guardians. Why was this even necessary? I want to get into this a little bit here because if you don't know the history behind the Cleveland Indians, you should. Coming up next. All right, you're not going to believe this. So Domingo Herman had a no-hitter going into the eighth inning for the Yankees. He had struck out 10, walked one. He'd only thrown 90 pitches going into the eighth inning. He gives up a leadoff double. Yankees manager Aaron Boone does not hesitate. He just as soon as the ball lands, as soon as the guys runners going into second base, he's coming to the mound. He's going to yank Herman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So remember, Herman has thrown ninety pitches. He struck out ten, walked one. Now he's given up his first hit. He takes Herman out of the game. Bottom of the eighth, four nothing Yankees. Well, we're in the bottom of the eighth inning now, and it's five to four Red Sox. bullpen gives up four hits all the runs score and the red sox now have the lead in what we were talking about john paul morosi was really a must game for the yankees it's been a rough year for the yankees but here's an opportunity to knock off the red sox and so you pull herman out based on him giving up a hit oh we got to get him out of there yeah and the bullpen completely implodes and the Red Sox are now leading five to four.
5: By the way, when you have like the local papers, and, and I mean over this is just the headlines from over the weekend are writing headlines like "Blame Boom for this Yankees defeat." Uh, Aaron Boone's lack of leadership obvious during Krisky meltdown. Wow. I mean, Aaron Boone is the is the scapegoat for all of the Yankees issues. Uh, because it's very difficult to blame the organization for the amount of money they'll spend on the roster, et cetera, et cetera. But let's be very honest with each other. No team, especially a team with the sort of capital that the Yankees are willing to spend are going to allow one man mm-hmm. to determine their future right now, especially when the chorus of support is for analytics and analytics departments. So, yeah, Steve – I mean, it's not looking good, but there are various people who are staring at computer screens and statistical curve lines who help make that decision. I don't think it was Aaron Boone's call.
0: All right, Louis Sock Alexis. Go ahead. Louis Sock Alexis. Do you Bl- know the name, Louis Sock Alexis? type. Louis Sock Alexis was a Native American who played with the old Cleveland Spiders of the National League that preceded the American League. Okay. When the Indians decided to adopt the name Indians, they did it in honor of Louis Sock Alexis, a Native American who had roots with the Cleveland organization in the National League. Yeah. So the intentions were good.
2: Names
5: come from somewhere. Right. But
0: it was in honor of... It wasn't a derogatory term. It was in honor of. Shouldn't that matter, the origins of a nickname? Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup
4: in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: All right, rolling along here on this Sunday from our Fox Sports Radio studios. Hartman and Orenberger was teaching uh, Rich during the break about Louis Sokalexis. First Native American ever to play Major League Baseball. Uh, now people are maintaining that the innings were not named in his honor. There's there's a variety of sources. Whatever happened back in nineteen fifteen when they made the name change, but uh the fact is, Louis Alexis was the first Native American to play Major League Baseball, and the, those over the years that claimed that indeed, because he had played with the old Cleveland Spiders of right. the National League, that that's why Cleveland American League team adopted the Indian name back in 1915, a couple years after he passed well, away. Well, look,
5: like I said, na- Louis Alexis Names come from somewhere, yes. and, and don't get me wrong, I'm that's not a defense of any team Nick Name that at, at this point in mm. our history, or I shouldn't say our history, but at this point in our culture, are deemed unacceptable. But we also have to talk about what's acceptable. Like the the fact is, what the way we register whether something's acceptable or not is through social media.
0: Mm.
5: I mean, think about it. Is like, that
0: a great source? Social I, I'm media. Ju- I'm,
5: just, I'm just I'm just stating the facts. Yeah. Like before Twitter. I mean, when's the last time a team changed their name? Well,
0: Stanford did. Stanford, after winning back-to-back Rose Bowls, Jim Plunkett, and then the year after that, after the 1971 season, after they had won back-to-back Rose Bowls, the Indians, the Stanford Indians, became the Stanford Cardinal, which is a color. Actually, there it's, was a benign- wave of
5: the wave of this in in uh, the higher 19, education in the early institutions, yeah. like uh, Syracuse, where the Orange men they switched their Saint name to John's, the Orange, went Saint from John's, Red Red to the Red Men, the Red Men to, to the Red Storm,
0: Red Storm, whatever it is. Uh, yes. Yeah, there
5: were there was a wave in yeah. college, but I mean that was. That was probably where it stopped. I mean, I. What about the Atlanta Braves? Are they going to change? I mean, I mean, but that's that's it. That is the reason why they changed. It's because all of a sudden on social media, there's been this wave of outrage over team names. And and if you're on the side that says, you know, well, I am outraged, well, then you're you're in a chorus of support. What, right what about
0: now. those names that have some kind of religious overtone, like the saints or the padres or the angels, teams like that? Do they need to change their names?
5: Listen, in today's culture, mm-hmm. You, the, I mean, I wouldn't put, I wouldn't put anything off, as far as off limits as potentially be offending somebody. Well,
0: now that you've had a year to get used to the Washington football team, honestly, I, I sort of dig that. I don't really the care. the Los Angeles baseball team. The, like, the
5: truth is, I like the truth is right now, and I don't have a dog in this fight, so it's difficult. Right. But, I, I mean, I, I don't find any name particularly offensive because I, I – I, I If be, you had
0: said instead of playing for the Nittany Lions, you played for the Penn State football team, would you have been okay with that? Yeah, I
5: would have been fine with it either way. Right. I would have been fine I, – I, I mean, the truth is, though – and this is the truth. Mm. I, I mean, since names and uniforms and logos and mascots have never been particularly important to me mm-hmm. – I don't. I think it's all, this whole topic of discussion is missed on me. Now, if you are somebody who is offended by a team name, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I mean you're completely legitimately allowed to feel any way you want and to voice that opinion. We live in a country that protects free speech. Sure. There's nothing wrong with stating your displeasure. And as a matter of fact, if enough people join you again in that course of support and social media is a great avenue to find others like yourself who are either outraged or upset by something, then you can really make change. And that's the that's the the learning curve that all of these team executives and owners are on at this point is that you can have a tidal wave come crash at your front door if you don't get ahead of certain things, and that's what the Indians did here. They say, "Listen, we realize that they, that we use we have a problematic mascot and name, so they got rid of uh, the Chief Wahoo uh, uh, mascot and and all the the merchandising around that." and they spoke about how they were in the near term going to change their name and they kept on that promise and the reason is is they saw what happened to the Washington football team formerly referred to as the Washington Redskins mm-hmm. who received not pressure just through social media but from corporate sponsors who are going to withdraw or or turn away millions of dollars. Do
0: you think they'll ever adopt the name or are they going to just stay with the Washington Football team?
5: I the reason why the name is the Guardians is because it offends nobody. You know what that has in common with um Unless you're not the, a fan of the movies. Right. The Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. yeah, can you imagine if uh if Groot writes a strongly worded letter to the ownership well, group, group in Cleveland. What if Groot became sort of their team logo? <laughs> All right. well, what's, what's the the little raccoon? What's his name? Rocket. I mean, there's there's, Panda? A, there,
0: there's, a, there's potential being offensive. <laughs> believe me, Guardians of the Galaxy. If you really want to break it down, all, okay? all I know is this,
5: and, and this it's true. We we live in a time where voices are heard louder than they've ever been. And again, if you are outraged over something, chances are, and it doesn't matter what it is, it could be something important to you, like how a team insults you at a base level because you don't feel like it's honoring uh, a race or or an ethnicity or it could be over you know a fast food restaurant who didn't you know cook your fries appropriately if you if you post your outrage Mm -hmm. you will most likely find people who feel similarly because this is a country filled with 350 million people and a large percentage of those people can be found on the internet and so if you get enough of a crowd with you yes this can become an issue for whatever your target is. And that's that's how people get canceled. That's how brands get canceled. And that's how you can have meaningful change sometimes as a result Are of you a
0: believer that even if one person is offended, that a change needs to be made? Even I, if one person is offended by a name or something, that if that one person says, I'm offended, then you need to make a change.
5: I I mean I assume you do because I I mean you're the last word on everything. Well, as far I know as no. I know. I mean I'm I, not
0: offended by any of this stuff. I don't even care. I just told you I would I would eliminate all team nicknames. That would just ease the problem right you there. You would just eliminate all of them? All of them? Los Angeles baseball team, Los Angeles hockey team. I don't <laughs> Get it, the UCLA football team, the UCLA basketball team. All right, I wanted to get to college sports here. Nick Saban made an interesting statement talking about Bryce Young, his still-not-named starting quarterback at the University of Alabama, and he came out publicly to say that Bryce Young, despite the fact he has yet to start a single game at Alabama, is already in line to make up to a million dollars in endorsements, which seems strange, right? So why would he talk openly about a quarterback that he has yet to even name as his starting quarterback that he's already earned a million dollars? And the reason he did this was very clear. What he's trying to do is remind everyone that it has no it doesn't matter where we're located, Tuscaloosa versus Los Angeles. Well, this is it's what I was telling brand. you. This is
5: what I was telling you last right. week. Right.
0: So this is the brand that's selling it. But I want to go a different direction because we talked about this whole idea. And we get why he's doing it. He, he was wanting to make sure everyone understands. Just because we're sitting here in Tuscaloosa doesn't mean you can't make huge money. This kid from LA, by the way, Bryce Young, is going to make big money here at Alabama. But Ryan Day, The coach at Ohio State, he was asked about some of the comments uh, that Nick Saban made about this quarterback making all this money. And he said, look, the way we should do this, if we're going to go with his name, image, and likeness, sure, the star quarterbacks are going to be making big money, but we got to figure out how to share the money. Do you think that's where we're going? So this is Ryan Day, obviously one of the big three when it comes to current coaches, along with Dabo Sweeney and Nick Saban, saying, "Yeah, it's great that the quarterback or the star running back or star wide receiver is going to be making all this money, but we need to figure out a way where we need to funnel all that money." So just so the quarterback's making a million, and this guy's making fifty thousand, this guy's making ten thousand, and some guys are making nothing. But we need to take all that money. Put it all into one big pool of money and then distribute it to everybody on the team. Yeah. That's Ryan Day's vision for where we're going with this name, image, likeless money. Is that laughable? Is that a possibility? Look, it's an idea. It, and and I honestly feel this way. I kept.
5: I why, like, now. Why I is he like bringing ideas. this up?
0: Because what he's bringing it up is you're creating a problem here. If the quarterback's making all this money, and other people are like, "Wait a second, here. How come I'm not getting any of this money? I'm off. I'm blocking for this guy right now. What am I getting? A pizza once a week? I don't think so."
5: Well, I, again, it's an idea, and this is all very new, and I like ideas. Mm-hmm. I, I always I, look, I like change. I I'm not, I'm not a fan of every change made, but I like changes to be experienced, to be learned from, and sometimes kept. And so so far with the name image and likeness, I like where we're currently at. Just that there are no restrictor plates on this sucker. We're opening it up. We're letting these athletes who are graduating high school with an insane social media following cash in on their talents because they are talented people. Nowhere else in this country is uh, an 18-year-old with 2 million followers on Instagram limited to only uh, getting their tuition paid for. But
0: what about everyone else, Fridge? We always are talking about the division between the have and have-nots in this country. Get
5: used to it, because
0: that's life. But now you're going to have because in the college. Of- if you had played at Penn State, yeah. and you're an All-American offensive lineman, and the best you could do for an endorsement deal was a free pizza once in a while, and your quarterback's making a million dollars you wouldn't have had anything to say about that. Should have
5: should have been throwing footballs instead of pushing really? people out of the way. You wouldn't look
0: at the guy saying, "Hey, dude, how about sharing a few things here?" I'm no. I'm still starving over no. here. No, really, no. You don't think any of your no.
5: teammates would have felt that way when you are when you are playing uh, a role in in the school play? Some people are painting the set, and some people get the 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 lead part. You know what I mean? Like. It was, when, you, when you go to work, in, in, in real life, some people get paid more money than you. Yeah, but
0: you're getting nothing, and they're getting everything. It, but, but, I mean, that's life. I mean, at least in the professional ranks, you're making a living. This is professional. See, that's the uh, confusion well, that you have. But that it's only professional. Has. But no, in, no, this, no. in this college case, college it's athletics. only professional college, if somebody wants col- to pay you. College athletics
5: has been professional football for a very long wow. Or I should say All professional football. Hold right. on co- to that, though. i got basketball much more to say. i has just been started. professional basketball for a long time. just
0: Beginning with you. Yeah. All right, because I already anticipate with the words of Ryan Day, the coach at Ohio State, he's smelling trouble. Trouble. Coming up next.
6: Butt rock o'clock. <laughs> Butt rock. <laughs> Butt rock.
0: Steve Harbin, Rich Orenberger. Hey, tired of waiting around for hot water? Choose Navian and get instant hot water for spa-like comfort while you lower your bills. Save hundreds on a avian tankless water heater with local rebates at tanklessmadesimple.com. dot Want to thank the guys today, Iowa Sam, back. Yes, from missing yesterday. I was
5: missing yeah. yesterday. Just we had uh, the real Don to, Brown yesterday.
2: Uh, you had Don Brown. We just switched shifts so he could go to something on tomorrow. Last night, and yes. I'm here now.
0: You're here now, and that's what's it's important. Been fun. It's been a hoot today. Yes, yeah. a lot of fun today. Of course, Ralph Irvin, who's been uh, might been part of the regular scene here. Oh, yeah. We've yeah. been uh, wishing our dear friend David Gascon all the best, as he's uh, a little bit in recovery right now under the weather, so we wish him the best. Yeah. And then, of course, Ryan, our producer. Oh, yes. <laughs> Look at Ryan. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Where do we start? I mean,
5: Ryan, when Should you fill start? out your
0: resume, seriously, with all the <laughs> experience you've gathered here at Fox Sports Radio, where exactly does this show fall on your on your list of?
5: Well, I- I'm very lucky. I-, I get to to work on the herd this week. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, oh. you guys are now number two. Wow! Wow! Yeah, wow. Yeah, wow! You're, you're uh, passed up a little bit.
0: There. Do they give you the star treatment over there the way we do, or how's that? Work? Not, not like you guys. No, no nothing no, like not that. No. Give you a lot of thanks on the air, a lot of reference to you. Yeah, you see, I I don't get any of that there. None so. no, of that. See that? Yeah. Okay. Just, just remember that. Yeah. Where your bread <laughs> is butter. That's right.
5: That's right. Don't forget about the the people who you stiff armed mm-hmm. on your way beyond. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. Okay.
0: I've seen a lot of that over the years. <laughs> yeah. people, no, right, A right, lot I, of people. I, I, I did notice Ryan's yeah.
5: walking around here with a different uh, different a bit, air yeah. about him. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's, that's yeah. big time. No, it's there. good. It's good. By the
0: way, half of their producing staff was also part of my staff way back in the day. You know that, don't
5: you? And I I will say this. He Mm -hmm. shouldn't have uh, poured that coffee on your head and then yelled at you (laughs) like it was your fault. (laughs) And you should not have refilled his cup for him. But look, the guy's... uh He's Hollywood now. All
0: right. So uh, by this time next week, what, what will what will be the main septic matter? Will it be the uh, Major League Baseball trade deadline? Will it be the opening of NFL training camps? Will it be the Olympic Games? I think we'll be rel- reliving the uh, air rifle competition
5: at the <laughs> so Tokyo Olympics. Do you do feel a
0: breakout star is about to emerge from these <laughs> Olympic games? Because we really need some. Because right now, during just the course of this show. It's just like they're skipping around, like you know, yeah. one moment it's badminton, next week I got weightlifting, then I got uh, team handball, I've got soccer going. It's just sort of a mishmash of a little bit of everything right now. I
5: think what we need is, honestly, is the is some. Good news coming out of USA basketball. <laughs> yes, you <laughs> I, need like, a win there. Like, I, like I, if so, they
0: lose to Iran, that's yeah. going to be – that's that's pretty much the end of that. <laughs> I have a feeling yeah. that, yeah.
5: that the, somehow USA basketball is going to be one of the talking mm. points coming back.
0: Yeah. Track and field, even know a single member of the United States track and field team. What's,
5: what's actually bizarre is not only do I not, mm-hmm. but the only name I can recall – is because she got kicked out of the Olympics for marijuana, and that's Shakari Richards. Correct, thing. correct. Yeah, which I mean that it's and it's a real shame because I'm sure there are many other talented athletes who are going mm. to be competing in track and field. Well, events. Simone
0: Miles, obviously, well, she gymnast. is a, a superstar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, they didn't exactly have a good. Uh, I don't know whether it's like the uh, preliminary round or something. They they've been dominant, obviously, yeah. the United States for quite a while, much like our women's soccer team and. They went uh, second place and they were not used to that. Today, I will say this, though,
5: and this happens every time, whether Mm -hmm. it's winter or summer. The Olympics always draws draws my eye to a sport. I really had maybe only a fringe, mm-hmm. uh, a fringe awareness. Yeah, of, but how
0: many do you follow after the Olympics? Oh no, are over? Not, no,
5: no, no! It's yeah. none of those. Really, like suddenly you get like, into I'll, it. I'll right? give you an example. I was glued to the screen for about a solid half hour today, leading up to our show, watching whitewater rafting. Ah, I saw this. Yes, I saw some of this. It's like a closed course. I don't even know if it was a real river. Mm-hmm. It, I, I, it just. It was awesome. Yeah, it was absolutely awesome. So they had like those like, plastic partition barriers, right? Uh, exactly. Rock yeah. concerts, mm-hmm. like like the row before the front row, uh, where I was just like, "How did they make a fake river?"
0: But they did it. So, but you, I mean, in, in other words, down kayaking. the road, like, so let's say down the road, you, you're sitting there on an NFL Sunday, <laughs> and all of a sudden you're like. You are there. there's kayaking. It's back. Yeah, yeah. You're like, hold on. Yeah, yeah, Hang yeah. on to your football. <laughs> right. This kayaking. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, if you haven't seen this yet, you've got to watch this, Honey, man. I just tuned this into- splash in his face. I'm streaming- Oh, wait a second. I'm streaming whitewater I know why. kayaking I know on pee- why. Peacock right now. You know now. why he's excited? Yeah. Shirtless at Splash Mountain at Disneyland. That's right. You are reliving your glory at Splash Mountain- Your shirtless photo that shocked the world out there. That's what you saw when you saw that water splashing uh, with the canoeing. That's what you saw, right? You were reliving your own
5: glory of Splash Mountain. Peacocking. I, I mean, I had my tail feathers out.
0: I was uh, showing off my plumage. Did you actually get a print of Ooh. that photo, or what happened? You just took a picture of it.
5: No, Disney tore that right off okay. the screen as fast as they could. Would
0: that have been like a big shot of you and your son Ty above the mantle or something like that? Would that be tolerated that by I would have gone
5: on the Ornberger family crest. <laughs>
4: <laughs> From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast.
6: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
4: Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on AE Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Zumo Play.